folks, and welcome to another episode of Trey Bond. Welcome. 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 Oh, it's our favourite time of the week. Sure is. We're all yeah. here. We're all here. Hopefully everyone out there is, is still here. Yeah. Do you prefer this to waking up, you know, sleeping in on a Saturday morning? This is your favourite time of week? Or Absolutely. What, is this your actual favourite time of week? Yeah. Yeah. Is I'm, it? Yeah. yeah. This wow. and, and I haven't thought about 3am on a Tuesday. Yeah. Pretty good. I don't mind 2pm on a Wednesday. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. What about you? Um, I don't mind 7.30 on a Friday. 7.30 on a Friday? AM or PM? Or PM. It's very weird that you would say that. Mm. Why is that? Because that's bedtime. Yeah, it's just such a bedtime. No, it's the start of the weekend evening. You maybe ordered some takeaway. You've got a movie ready to go. I'm in bed by then. I'm in bed well and truly. <laughs> so, that I can, so that I can be up by 3 a.m. 3 a.m. You need to rise That early. doesn't make any sense. Early to bed and late to rise is my motto. Right. I need a good 16 hours sleep most nights. Yeah. Hmm. Okay. If you're not getting 16... Yeah. What's the point? What's the point? That ain't the living. Point. Yeah. Terrible. Terrible. What's your favourite day of the week, folks? <laughs> Let us know. Favourite time of the week. Is it your Trayvon day? Oh. Is that your favourite day? Let us know. The, the, the answer is yes. <laughs> the secret answer is yes. <laughs> Let us know at Trey Bond on all social medias. At Inst- Trey Bond Pod. Instabook. Uh, face. Face Grand. Face, face Tweet. And uh, Twitbox. 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 Oh, yeah. Hit yeah, us up. Okay. That's yeah. more. At Trey Bond Pod. At, at Trey Bond Pod. At Trey Bond Pod. At Trey Bond Pod. That's it. Well, look, I'm Jake Spear, if you haven't guessed, and join with me, as always, I have my two best buddies, Double O Derby Deck. Pleasure to be me. And Commander Brandon McClelland. Reporting for duty. He always says that. He always does. That's mm, a catchphrase. Mm, it's catch a catchphrase. Yeah. He's I forced and, it on I us. try and change mine. Yeah. Yeah, but I, get I, get, I, get, I freeze up in the moment. Yeah, and it I is just, a bit intimidating. It is isn't a little bit. I don't know coming. how he keeps his cool. That's why I, that's why I say the same thing every week. <laughs> Because if I screw it up, I can add it in the one from last week. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Economical. Mm. Mr. McClelland, yes. what's our mission today? Our mission today is 1965's Thunderball. Ooh, the rollerblading movie. Yes, the one set entirely within a roller derby. Yes. <laughs> I've never thought, wow, to have James Bond in this situation, but I think it would fare well. Uh, is he a rollerblader or a roller skater? He's a mean rollerblader. Ooh, I don't know if he comes from the era of rollerblading. I think he Brosnan, it. Brosnan would, would have been into it. the rollerblades. Oh, yeah. He's a roller skater. No, he's a rollerblader. He would have made him actually, look like let's, yeah. let's go through it. Let's go through it. <laughs> Not which of the Bonds are rollerbladers <laughs> and which are roller skaters? Straight out the gate, Roger Moore's a roller skater. He's Absolutely. a roller skater. 100%. Absolutely. Brosnan's a roller skater. Yeah. Do you reckon? I reckon Brosnan's... He's not good doing it. No, I think he's Brosnan's a rollerblader and tries to dress it up. He's 90s. Rollerblades were big in the 90s. Oh, 90s. Big. Yeah. Big. big. They were cool. But it's edgy. Uh, are you talking yeah. about the act of the actual yeah. the physical motion? See, this yeah. is a thing because I think Connery would be a rollerblader. Yeah, but he's in the era of skates. Of skates. But era aside, what does their attitude? See, I think Brosnan is a rollerblader because he wants to be cool. Yeah, 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 yeah. Oh, but he's he doesn't he doesn't use them very well. Maybe he's not. Maybe he's a little bit off. Like, yeah, he's, come on, he's kind of the hugging the edge, whereas Connery <laughs> yeah. and Lazenby and Dalton are like shredding it up. Shredding yeah, it yeah, yeah, yeah. I 
I think Daniel Craig is a, a rollerblader. I think he's You're a rollerblader right. and he's got... I yeah. think he's a rollerblader with the right outfit and knee pads. Like, he has knee pads. I think he, he does. I think he does. Because why would you risk screwing up your knees over a little bit of fun? Well, Daniel Craig has had several reconstructive knee surgeries go. during... No, but they're <laughs> cool. Worn he, pads. Looks, he looks the business. But right. it's like, oh, this man's dressed for the occasion yeah. mm-hmm. and he knows the risks involved, so why not? protect thyself that makes sense do no. we think Roger Moore is the only James Bond no to be a, a roller he's skater Bosman. I'm telling no, you right no, now no no we differ no differ he might want to be a roller skater blader he might blader he might try and make it look like above the waist he's skating mm-hmm. blading but he's skating he's skating <laughs> alright let's rattle him off so we can move on from this insane topic yep. Yep. Connery blader Lazenby. Blader. More. Skates. Clearly. Like, decked out skates. Skates. Yeah. With flares. With flares. Yeah, flares. Massive collar. Dalton. Blader. <sighs> yeah. I think it could be quite elegant on a pair of skates. No, see, your skates are inelegant. No. The... Skates. They're for little kids. They're baby giraffes. They're, no, they're, they're little, little kids. You tell that to the people at the Olympics. They're bladers. Mm. No, they're actually ice skaters, is what I was thinking of. Right. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Brosnan, I'm saying it. He skates, fight me. All right. He's a 90s guy. It's blades it's or blades. Blade. I feel it's blades. Right. I'll let you have skates, but it's sure. blades. Fine. <laughs> and Daniel with the knee pads. Yeah. So I, the, I don't buy this knee pad business, <laughs> The Thunderball, ladies and gentlemen. Yeah. Yes, Thunderball. Thunderball. Yeah, well, it is set entirely in a roller derby. Yes. No, it, it couldn't be further from that. <laughs> this is uh, the first of the Bonds to go underwater. Mm. Yeah, wow. All right, that's exciting. What mm. were we thinking of? Thunderdome? No. Uh, rollerball? Rollerball. I don't know, maybe. Rollerball. Is that a thing? That's, yeah, what's yeah, the yeah one rollerball with, 90s. Um, what's the one with, is it Ellen... Generous Page Ellen Page that's Whippet. Oh, uh, yeah, oh, that's Whippet. Whippet, yeah, yeah, yeah. Whippet that's what good. I was thinking of, mm. yeah. So, Thunderball, Thunderball, we've yeah. been waiting a long time for this. We have, I yeah. certainly have 17 films. <sighs> this is our 18th. Remember. I can't this is believe it. This is our last Connery. The last Connery, we wrap up Connery. I've got to say, after the pleasure that was from Russia, mm-hmm. I cannot wait for this one. I think yes. it's going to be... But the thing is, it's got Goldfinger in the middle. So what does that tell us? Uh, yes, but this is Terence Young's... Ah, uh, Terence Young uh, Returns. Return. We also get to wrap up Terence Young's tenure. Wow. Mm. And they did the three. Yep. This is it. Mm. We're, we're teetering dangerously on preconceived notions here. So before we get too far in, uh-huh. I'd like to give a little weekly shout-out to someone. Oh, uh-huh. yeah? Reuben Wakeman. Oh, Toys yes. of James Bond. Oh, yes. yes. If you are not following the Toys of Bond on Instagram or Twitter, get your head checked <laughs> because it's one of the best Instagrams out there. Some of his designs for... Um, they're like reinterpretations of the posters. Yeah. There's these little tributes that he's done. His most recent one was for the man with the golden gun. Mm. Just stunning. They're beautiful. Oh, they're great. They're beautiful. Really Thanks for stuff. checking in with us, Ruben. We appreciate hearing from you, mate. All the very best, and we look forward to seeing more of your beautiful design work. Thank Huge. you, Ruben. Well, here's one for you. Uh-oh. Oh. Previously, on the night at the Roxbury, the ties that bind. Oh! 
Bond and the mysterious and strikingly beautiful Sophia almost reached their freedom when they were discovered by Redwood Roxbury in the giant glass foyer of the lab facility. Mm-hmm. Surrounded by brilliantly uniformed, sorry, brightly oh. uniformed and brilliantly, and brilliantly. brilliant bright outfits. They were brilliant. Uh, it was Bond who let fly his explosive boat shoe that created the the fiery distraction they needed to escape escape Roxbury and his private army. With waves of Roxbury's men scouring the island for Bond and Sophia, we join them now, staggering through the jungle and desperate... To evade their relentless pursuers. A la octopusy. A la octopusy. <laughs> We're in octopusy territory. We're in octopusy territory. Oh, <laughs> shit. Careful now. It was dark under the swooping canopy. The sun had dipped behind the giant extinct volcano on the centre of the island and the creatures of the night. Was that established? I don't know. Yeah. When we, yes, flew, when we in? flew in over. Was yeah, it? Yeah. How does a canopy swoop? What? It's a swooping, it's a swooping kind of canopy, you know? Right. Right. Yeah. The arms, no, did, the yeah. arm motion didn't really. Yeah. Happen. That did, that well, made they're, they're it feel they're big more. Well, they're big kind of you know ferns and palm like trees. Like drooping. Kind of, yeah, yeah, yeah. All right, I'll make an edit. It was dark. <laughs> That's what we're here for. We're under the drooping canopy. No, drooping's not right either. All right. Well, no, drooping. Just is the canopy. Sad. Maybe under the canopy. Yeah. All right. Under Does a it? brilliant canopy. <laughs> <laughs> I'll have none of this. <laughs> <laughs> the creatures of the night began to stir creatures in the shadow of the night of the jungle-covered peak. Bond is perched on a nearby like boulder, like a bird, like a bird, like yeah. a bird, on a boulder. What? Peeling fat, juicy leeches from Ooh. his sore and swollen foot, now exposed to the elements since letting fly his flaming footwear. He's got one shoe on. He does have one shoe. On. <laughs> Take the other one Take off. The he other kicked one it off. off. He kicked it off. Yeah, but. Take the other one. Take off. the other one off. But Bond then he removes the other shoe. <laughs> oh, oh yeah, yes, so yeah. there you go, right? But no. he should have kicked it off Earlier. before exactly. he ran through the. But the then he'd have leeches on both feet. Yeah, so yeah. he'd be screwed. That's true. Suddenly, his senses are peaked. Oh, that's peaked with Q. Oh, oh yeah, oh. nice use of the word peaked. peaked. Mm. Mm. The snap of a twig directly behind him. Bond immediately takes a defensive position behind the boulder and steals himself from the fight. The grand fronds of the nearby king ferns begin to shake, and just as Bond is about to lunge into a surprise attack, Sophia emerges from the dense foliage. I thought it was going to be a velociraptor. Oh my god. (laughs) Bond Bond lowers his judo chop hand. (laughs) Yes, yes, absolutely. Yes, his locked and loaded judo chop. You're lucky I didn't just knock you out. (laughs) What happened to signalling your approach, snapped Bond. Oh, tisk tisk, James. Do you mm. always get grumpy when people play when people don't play by your rules? Besides, yes. I wanted to keep you on your toes. Now let's move. There's an unsealed service road less than a hundred meters to our south. I'm quite sure it's the one that runs between the airport and the lab. Are we on the same island as uh, <sighs> the Living Daylights? Gibraltar. Yeah. No, no, okay. no, no. This is a tropical <laughs> island in the middle of the Pacific. That fits the bill, does it? No, no. <laughs> Just trying to do something. Just trying to it. place it. Yeah. Right. Well, I'm trying to do something here too. I keep getting interrupted. <laughs> Before Bond has time to respond, Sophia is off through the jungle again. What's she doing? On the move. They're they're making their way back to that service road that right. she found. Can she not give him a heads up? 
Like Bond, maybe we should make tracks. Well, that's what she just said. I thought she just took off. Now let's move. Like, uh, There's an oh, now let's service move. Now. Right. Oh, Come on. Yeah, right. right, all right. Do you want to go from the top? <laughs> <laughs> oh on the move, Bond is doing his best to keep up with Sophia, who is surprisingly deft at manoeuvring through the thick forest floor. Sophia! She can't hear me. Yeah, she's surprisingly <laughs> deaf. <laughs> it's surprising because she's responded to every verbal cue previously. Deft. <laughs> Deft. <laughs> Jesus. Oh, God. She moved with such assurance, not tactically trained, but her physicality, her physical confidence in a rugged environment such as this suggests to Bond that whoever this mystery ally is... She was is, raised by wolves. <laughs> she's not just some pretty PA. Well, with oh, that well, Bond. in a yeah. She saved your life, buddy. Come on, come on, come on. Killed a man. Hold it, hold it. Bond stopped and crouched down amongst the clusters of maidenhair ferns as Sophia creeps slightly ahead of him. She signals back to him that they have approached the service road. She points to her ear. Bond listens. Breaking... (laughs) She's deaf. (laughs) What is she doing? (laughs) Is there something in her ear? I don't know. What are you saying? (laughs) Bond listens. Breaking through the calming cacophony of jungle sounds is the revving of a customised jeep buggy. Kitted out with a mounted machine gun and carrying three angry-looking henchmen. You can tell all that just by the way it sounds. Oh, yes. yes oh, yeah. Yes. yeah. Glimpsing he through the... Oxford. <laughs> He's an Eton boy. Glimpsing through the trees, Bond and Sophia watch as the jeep begins to slow and come to a halt on the dirt road right in front of them. How many times have I told you, go easy on the transmission, barked the largest of the henchmen. Well, you know that I'm not... You know that I don't know how to drive stick shift. I don't understand why you're making me drive. All you, all you do is yell at me, replied the skinny henchman as he oh. gets out of the driver's seat and paces along the road. Where are we? Trouble in paradise. Mm. England? Well, they're from England. They're, they're external hires. Oh, for sure. sure. Yeah, from yeah, the henchman. Yeah, yeah. I was just going, volcano in England. Yeah. Oh, come on. You're it's a, a tropical a, island. You're yeah, an idiot. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, God. <laughs> Pay attention, like W07. Oh, my goodness. Oi! Will you two shut it? Focus on the bloody job, or we'll end up in one of those madman's crazy bloody experiments. And we all remember what happened to Greg. Let's take mm. a look around here. Bloody Greg. Then head over to the falls to see if they got in the service pipe, ordered the middle-sized henchman. Ooh. The three men clamour out of the heavy-duty jeep, machine guns at the ready, and begin to scour the undergrowth for signs of the escapees. In the final hours of sunlight... The jungle is painted in the most brilliant shades of blue and violet. The three henchmen struggle to see into the dense jungle that stretches away from them at the edge of the road. The three men pivot suddenly and zero in on a portion of road at the front of the jeep after hearing the snap of a twig. Another one. Another one. Mm. They cock their weapons and huddle under the front of the jeep. Around the front of the jeep, I should say. Uh-huh. Yes, yes, yes. They're not under the car. They're over. They're around the front of it, peering off into the drooping ferns of the forest. <laughs> All right, we heard you. Come on out. Come on. We know you're in there. We'll give you. We'll give you to the count of three, or we'll open fire. Nothing. The three men looked nervously back and forth to each other. They braced themselves for carnage. One. Two. 
Three. The three henchmen drop like flies, hitting the dirt in an instant. Bond and Sophia straighten themselves out after their very swift, sneaky attack. On four people? Three, three. people. Three. Okay. The Bond, pair... Bond took two of them. Yeah, 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 clearly. The pair stand in the middle of the long dirt road, staring down at the three maimed men. You Did know they what judo I... chop them? Oh, yes, oh, yes. Oh, yeah. You know what I always say, remarked Bond. They should have checked their six. Fact check their six, said oh, Sophia. Yeah. Ladies and gentlemen, it's fact check. Fact check. Why the frown, mate? What? Why the frown? Yeah, why the frown? You're a bit frustrated. I oh. think that was your best that one. That was yet. a good one. Oh, shush. I think that's the least we had to... Like, pull you up. Yeah, pull you oh, up. I felt like there was a lot of interruptions. So. Well, well, I don't think there... I don't know. There were barely any. It seemed pretty smooth. Oh, yeah. Okay. Oh, that mm. makes me feel better then. Yeah. 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 Well, I'm glad you feel good. Thank you. It's just nice to see you smile. Oh, yeah. that's nice. Yeah. Thank you. No, that's too much. Come all on. Right. <laughs> all right, all right. You've got right. a job to do. What is the name of the G-Force machine? What are you taking us back to? I'm taking you back. I apologise. Yeah, you're all over the shop it's, today. It's what a, are you it's doing? A mess. It's a under mess. his skin, I think. Yeah. I'm a little skin. frazzled. Mm. I'd like to take you all back yeah. to a little film I'd like to call Moonraker. I'd like uh, to call it that too, because... Yeah. That is, I would have called it called. something else. Right. Oh, mm. What would okay. you have called it? <clears throat> I don't know. Come back to me. All, All right. right. What is the name of the G-Force machine? Oh, uh, the G-Vening uh, 5000. Right, right, right. Well, more broadly, it's known as high-G training. Aviators and astronauts are placed in what is called a centrifuge Oh, yeah. That's the name of the thing. They call it a centrifuge, which simulates high levels of acceleration in an attempt to prevent G-induced loss of consciousness, Ooh. where the blood is actually kind of sucked away from the brain mm-hmm. because of the uh, velocity. Mm-hmm. Harrowing stuff. Darby. Uh-oh. Oh. You asked, uh-huh. what does a high-powered laser gun do to a human body? Oh. oh. Jesus. And according to the mannequin in the film, it melts the face. Brandon demanded, demanded that I tell the folks at home what exactly a laser would do to you. To which I responded, it's directed heat. A very, very hot temperature focused on a very tight, compact area. And I said that in all honesty, if you were going to build a laser gun, you're probably not actually going to see the laser itself. Like the man in the golden gun. Brandon wanted to know what film has portrayed lasers as scientifically accurate as possible that's a lot of work for you to uh it is a little bit <clears throat> there's it's not that much get comfy oh god it's a bit of rain man hey, <laughs> a bit of rain man we haven't had proper rain man, proper rain man. Yeah, all right so what is a laser a laser is oh, a device well it's an acronym it is an acronym yeah. well done see it's very good very very astute a laser is a device that emits light. I'm seeing multiple paragraphs. There's, there's lots, there's lots. Uh, through a process of optical amplification based on the stimulated emissions of electromagnetic radiation. Now, mm-hmm. unlike most light sources, light from a laser is tuned to specific. To specific. <laughs> I beg my pardons. <laughs> to specific wavelengths. Now, this allows it to be focused into very powerful beams. Uh Laser light is so intense that that it can actually be used to shape Mm. diamonds and cut through steel. Oh, wow. And in medicine, medicine, lasers allow surgeons to work at very high levels of precision, 
reducing the effects of pain, swelling, and scarring on patients. That's what it does to the human body. That's what it can do to the human body. Some laser therapies also include shrinking or destroying tumors, relieving the symptoms of cancer, removing kidney stones, repairing detached retina, and treating hair loss and even nerve pain. So there are some of the things that lasers can do to the human body, not just melt them. What about a laser weapon? A laser weapon. Well, like a laser as gun. of January 2020, directed energy weapons, including lasers, are still in the experimental stage. And it remains to be seen. Ew. <laughs> Thank, Thank God. God. <laughs> Could you imagine? We're, we're still pretty rudimentary with our weapons. And... Well, it's getting pretty scary Good because some God. of the stuff that I found is a little bit... So, uh, many types of laser can potentially be used as incapacitating weapons. And Darb sort of brought this up a little bit... Of course I did. Uh, ...when you were talking about uh, pilots getting flashed by laser beams oh, or something yeah, like that, yeah. you know? Um, so, there's actually I weapons that are out there mm. now that are designed specifically to cause temporary blindness. Mm. They're known as dazzlers. They're a type of laser. And, and they're actually being used by some military and law enforcement organisations now. So, laser weapons capable of directly damaging or destroying a target in combat are still in the experimental stage. But the general idea of a laser beam weaponry is to hit a target with a train of brief pulses of light, and the rapid evaporation and expansion of the surface causes shock waves that damage the target. So, that's how you get things to basically warp and explode and things like that. But we're not there just yet. That being said, I would encourage people to take a look at the Helios laser weapon system. From a safe distance? From, from a safe distance. Right. From the safety of your own home on YouTube. Oh. Uh-huh. There's some great demonstration videos provided by the American Navy. And now, this is a defensive weapon system designed by Lockheed Martin at the cost of $150 million US dollars. Whoa. Now, the 60-kilowatt laser system Make can burn small boats and can torch unmanned aerial vehicles out of the sky. Wow! It's doing this right now. It's amazing. The YouTube footage of this in action is quite remarkable, and the laser beam itself is completely invisible. You can't see it. Which leads me to conclude that one of the best movie lasers of all time is in The Man with the Golden Gun. Yep. Yes, yes. yes. One thing that I came across uh, uh, listening to John Tisch who is the Professor of Laser Physics at the Imperial College London and Dr. Martin Zolst-Ostwick from the University College London, is that if you're going to... One of their favourite movie laser beams is actually the one in Goldfinger, when Bond is on the table. Oh, right. The, the red one. And what they like about that is the practical application of that, because lasers are used to usually cut through steel and, and things like that. Yeah. For that to be more realistic... Um, the laser would be actually a lot closer to the surface. Right. The lenses that they use, they have to be, the laser has to be quite close to the surface, not so far away. Right. And it wouldn't be a red laser. It would actually be a blue laser Ooh. because it's all about what, what uh, light the body absorbs. So, so the Moonraker laser bolts that are, blue, are more realistic. In that sense, they are because what if you're going to tear through human tissue... The, the main absorbing element of that is hemoglobin, which right. is red. Uh, so it can't absorb things on the red spectrum. We're getting very scientific here. And really? I'm, yeah, really? I'm highly qualified for this. So if you're going to cut through human flesh, a red laser... Please don't. Just a disclaimer. <laughs> please don't do that. A red laser is highly inefficient. 
So you would need to find something that operates because in, the, in the, the blue spectrum. Because of the colour of our blood. Yes. Yes. So wow. using a red laser to cut someone in, it, directly into is, <clears throat> is uh, dreadfully inefficient. And uh, there's actually a particular type of uh, crystal mm. that you can use uh, that will give you that blue laser. They're very precious. They're very rare. They're very difficult to get. But... Um, Fuck me. So, yeah. <laughs> I'm it, it, actually, you've genuinely got me on something. I'm genuinely fascinated so by this. So, it, it, it is possible. And if, if you're going to, I mean, we're, we're a long way away yet, but theoretically, I think we probably know how to do it. Mm-hmm. Um, but the practical application is so powerful, the amount of power required to do it, certainly in the way that they do it in Moonraker. Shooting a bolt is like. That would be difficult. Well, I actually saw some great footage here too of mm. the um, another experiment that was done, I think, back in 2014, where uh, a bunch of scientists got together to actually try and shoot a laser pulse. Right. In that sense, and they made a composite footage. They made some composite footage of, of individual images capturing these split-second um, flashes. Mm. But I think they calculated it like sort of one. I think it's like femtosecond or something like that. I think that's one Jesus millionth Christ. of a billionth of a second. That's how quickly this thing passes. They patch them all together and you can see this very steady beam of light going down this hallway. That's what it would actually look like if, you, if you're picking it up on, you know, oh whether it's infrared God. or, you know, ultraviolet kind of, you know, technologies being able to see on that spectrum, which a human eye can't pick up on. But it would. It would travel as a pulse. Uh, as as a, as little beams like yeah, right. little laser pew 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 like the Moonraker bullets that come yeah, out of it yeah 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 that's what it did actually start to look like and the yeah. Star Wars kind of pew 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 yeah 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 <laughs> so it's based in <laughs> so pew 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 there you go at the end of the day um, Bond is up there with some of the most realistic lasers good for Bond good on Bond Brandon wants to know if Bond actually says he doesn't know what NASA is. Yeah, there's no my... way he says that. There's absolutely no way Bond is a moron. NASA, never heard of him. NASA, no. The old woman. <laughs> <laughs> yes, I stated that there was a moment when he first meets Dr. Goodhead. Get ready, he's and... about to say that he's a dirty devil. And she he has is, he is. to explain to him what NASA is. Now, Bond asks Holly if she is training to be an astronaut, to which she replies she is fully trained. And on loan from NASA, the Space Administration. Mm-hmm. That's what she says. Now, Bond doesn't appear to be... Uh, he does appear to be a little blank-faced in this moment. And all he... Like re- Roger in most of this <laughs> All he replies with is a muffled... Huh. Um, so, perhaps Bond does know what NASA is, but oh, that's what Roger called acting uh, on the day. Right. So, so you're... All right, I'm a dirty devil. Yeah. Oh, a little bit of a dirty devil. No, he said that Bond didn't know what NASA is. He said it. Neither confirmed nor denied. I asked many times if that was true of him. But he doubled down. He heard her say, "I'm from NASA, the Space Administration." Which she had to make it obvious. Yeah, I'm from NASA. Instead of him going, "Oh, great, I know what NASA is." Well, he does do a lot of that in the film as well. So there is credence. To the no, thought, he's the know-it-all had, he wasn't. If had, had he known what NASA was, he'd be like, "I know what NASA is. It's the Space Administration." No, I think I think that uh, is him not being able to go. 
Well, NASA actually stands for NASA <laughs> in space in Manus class. Well, yeah. I don't think Jake's a dirty devil uh, on this one. On this oh, one. I, I revoke my dirty no. devil yeah. statement. I want the listeners to riot. <laughs> <laughs> this is a forgivable. This thank is you, forgivable. Thank you. Moving on. Brandon swears to God that when he was a kid, Dolly had braces. Yeah. Yeah. This thing. She never fucking did, though. This is crazy. When you talked about this and how it was a kind of Mandela effect, yeah. I didn't believe you. I thought Mr. McClelland has had one too many martinis and was basically talking out his ass, but he was right. This whole thing of this huge conspiracy about whether or not Dolly had braces Because on it. it makes sense I know. for her to have braces. Missed opportunity. How do they miss that opportunity? Yeah, I came across a great video on YouTube by Dutch Bond fan. Oh yeah, great guy. And he kind of goes into a great channel. Uh, he does a really great overview of this whole phenomenon. Does um, he? He does. He does. He's got oh, a really great I video that kind that of explains, you know, the Mandela effect and 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 some of the reasons for that sort of thing. But he go he 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 says that uh, because my thing was well maybe it's been digitally enhanced, maybe it's been removed or something like that. Mm. But he shows footage of people going back to the earliest VHS versions of the film it's not there and it's not there people have created this false memory of Dolly having braces maybe because we feel that it is an obvious choice that it would make sense well I and I wonder God it doesn't make sense for me to have that memory though because the only thing I could think of was that people who saw the film were then it was like you know how playground rumors like back then you didn't have the DVD coming out and so if someone said yeah yeah and she's got braces that just kind of became accepted knowledge like how people misquote the Luke I am your father yeah is yeah, actually yeah. no I am your father yes mm. um, and it just becomes a kind of what are they called a mis- Mondabeen Mondagreen 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 yeah oh. or misheard yeah like a misheard song lyric right. Um, it's one of those. Yeah, but that doesn't make sense as to why I remember that. Because I remember being on the forums uh, back in like the early 2010s and someone saying, Dolly doesn't have braces? <laughs> and I was, it just blew my mind. <laughs> it still blows my mind. Well, we'll never know. Mm. We'll never know. Brandon, you said that the stunt performers at the start of this film jumped 80 times out of the plane. Oh, that's a big claim. In order to get enough footage this for the pre-title a, sequence. This could be a dirty yeah, devil moment. 80 sounds. This way could be a too dirty high. devil moment. I thought that that was ridiculous. Uh-huh. And that he's a dirty devil. Prepare yourselves. And I revoke his credentials as MI6 expert. This is outrageous. However, Ye of little faith. Oh. Yeah, ye. The two, the two of ye are little faithers. No. He is right. You're leaning on dirty again. devil status here, don't you? Me? Yeah. He's edgy. I've never had the dirty devil name turned upon me. Stuntman Jake Lombard as Bond and Ron Luganbill as Jaws. Very convincingly. As Jaws. <laughs> yeah. Oh, my goodness. They jumped. 88 times. 88 times. To capture the footage, editor and second unit director, John Glenn, Mm. needed to complete that sequence. 88 jumps. Bloody hell. My God. I knew that they did it over a couple of days. They jumped for one shot. They would jump and prepare one shot. But they would then take that footage, Glenn would 
edit it essentially mm. in a little facility pretty much where Close they were landing. Yeah. And he'd kind of put the footage together and go, okay, I need in the next shot you to come down, you to... Hopefully he didn't say, I need you to flap your arms, but yeah. that just happened. We'll use that. <laughs> and so they would have had to just keep going up and down, up and down, up and down. Think how expensive that oh, is. Oh, man. God, and taxing on the body oh, for those two fellas. And the cameraman. Yeah, that crazy rig they up set again, up. And, up again, DeLuca yeah. up there with the bloody camera. Crazy. Now, in relation to who sang the, the theme song. Fang mm. the theme tune. Fang the theme tune. The I asked, was Elvis still alive? To which Brandon said something very insensitive. Let's not which, bring it up. <laughs> <laughs> which basically said that, no, he had passed by then. Yes. Um, God rest his soul. <laughs> May I say? The king of rock and the roll. king of rock and roll. Elvis died on the 16th of August, 1977. Ooh. A couple of years before. He was 42. Yeah, he was very young. Crazy. Far too young. Terrible. And I watched some of his old concerts. He wasn't that big. Wasn't that big? You know that stereotype he, of Elvis, Elvis of like, oh, he was massive. Yeah, In he, comparison to people today. Yeah, he was not, not yeah. that big. He'd just put on a little bit of blub. Obviously a lot softer around the edges. Yeah. And I mean, yeah, very yeah. sad story. Also, very hard living with Absolutely. drugs and alcohol. For sure. which is The inside wouldn't not be looking correct. very good. Yeah. Mm. Now, Brandon wants to know, are the grey stairs by the big pillars in Venice in Moonraker the same grey stairs oh, yeah. from Russia with Love? Yeah, are they? When Bond arrives in Venice, he arrives by gondola to St. Mark's Square. Bondola. In the gondola. Yeah, right. Yeah. Okay. After leaving the Vanini Glassworks, which was shot on location at the Piazza de Leoncini, Bond pursues Dr. Holly Goodhead to a courtyard and grey staircase at the Conservatorio de Musica Benito Marcello. Wow. These are Flawless not. Thank you very much. Thank you very much. <laughs> These are not the same grey stairs from from Russia with love. You dirty. No, it was an ask. Oh. I asked. Okay. It is, however. <laughs> oh. oh, I can't wait for your dirty devil. <laughs> it is, however. The mm-hmm. same courtyard uh, in Casino Royale. Are you serious? Uh, so yes. He when, he, when he runs through after he realises Vesper's betrayed him and he's trying to find her. If Yes. If Vesper is in that red dress. Yes. And he's he's and got the bo- phone and he's calling uh, uh, the Swiss banker. Yes. The funds are being withdrawn as we speak. Yes. And then, no, it's not even on my phone. I'm terribly unprepared. Oh, but it is. God. That same place. And honestly, I actually think that Craig is leaning up against the same pillar as Roger is. Oh. I think it's the exact same place. Wow. That would be cool. It's pretty amazing. Um, what is the definition of retrofitted? <clears throat> oh. oh, yeah. Remember what? that room that you liked? That you liked? The, the, old, the yes. old room with the new lab being put into it? Well, it's the other way around. Yeah. New to old, isn't it? You had the new lab facility stuff put in that really ornate, beautiful old room there mm. in Venice. Retrofitted would mean the other way fitted after the manufa- the original manufacture. Yes, it, it is new. We're going to retrofit it to appear older. older. To retrofit is to add to something... Softwareically. Oh, Softwareically. God. To add to something that did not have it when manufactured. Which is essentially what I just said. Oh, yeah, right. Yeah. 
That's all it is. So we're going to add it later. It's yeah, got yeah. nothing to do with retro. No. no. Yes. No. Just do it in post. Yes. Just do it after. That's right. Mm. That's right. Okay. So, so that room was they retrofitted. Were, it was retrofitted. Technically. That's Technically. The... Look yeah. at us go. We're, we're on fire. <laughs> Sorting out the English language. Yeah. <laughs> Somebody's got to do it. Someone's got to do it. Now, was the Jaws falling in love with his girl moment? Oh, yeah. Was it the first time we heard that music? Underscored by that iconic music. Was it the first parody of that classic romantic motif? Now, I said that the idea of two people falling in love under that piece of music comes from some old opera. Uh, Brandon and Darby agree that the use of that music to denote comedic falling in love... What have I done there? Oh, Jake. We've got one. We do, we do. Anyway, you, you guys basically disagree <laughs> with that, me. We thought Moonraker was the first one to use it in a... As a parody. Par- parodic. Paradoxically. Call a bondulance. Yes, that's right. Now, I will admit I am an uncultured swine. Uh-huh. Because this very famous piece of music we are referring to is Tchaikovsky's Romeo and Juliet uh, Overture. Uh-huh. Now, it is an orchestral work not an opera. Uh, and it premiered on the 1st of May, 1886. Whoa. It was revised twice. It was first released earlier than that, mm. but it's premiered. I, I saw it off Broadway. Did you? Mm. Did you? Yeah, no, it was well, pre- yeah. before they transferred in 86. Mm. <laughs> right. <laughs> now, this piece of music appears in The Jazz Singer in 1927. The first Is talking. this why you went down your racist Al Jolson YouTube yes, window? Because I fe- I was doing some jazz singer stuff and then saw a very unsavory uh, clips of Al Johnson's yes. early work. Different times. Very different the times. Past. The jazz singer was the first talking. Absolutely. It sure was. Absolutely. Yeah. So Tchaikovsky's in, in, in that. It's also in Tchaikovsky himself's not in that. No, not no. himself. No. But his music. Right. Ipso facto <laughs> here. Uh, it also appears in Romeo and Juliet in 1936. Oh, yes. And The Three Musketeers in 1948, starring Gene Kelly. Wow. But, but not ironically or parodically? No. Ooh, Darby, we could be under something here. Got it. The earliest reference I could find... Is 1979's <laughs> Moonraker. Which used this piece of music specifically as a parody of two people falling in love was in the one-hour special Hey Cinderella, which debuted on the Canadian network CBC... No one saw it. Canada doesn't count. (laughs) No one saw it. On the 16th of March, 1969, Ah. the one-hour special was the first appearance of Kermit the Frog. What? Officially appearing as a frog with a redesigned fringed collar. Kermit's Canadian? Jim Henson... Say it's not so. <laughs> I'm pretty sure it is a Canadian. Oh, wow. So there you go. That's what I could find. All right. Inconclusive. <laughs> uh, you got us. You got us there. Got you there, fellas. Now I said that Money Penny said about five words in this film. Yeah. How many words do you reckon she actually said? Well, she. D- I know one line in particular is "He's on his last leg, sir." So that's six words. Mm-hmm. Says seventeen, and uh, I only 17. I'm I'm gonna go thirty-one. <sighs> Money Penny, yeah, says a total of thirty-two. <laughs> 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 Thirty-two. 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 Thirty
two. No! What? <laughs> I was so close. <laughs> That's amazing. <laughs> Terribly underutilised. 32 words. Yeah, 32. In the whole film. What a joke. Is she ever shot in close-up? No. You are kidding me. No. All mid, all behind the desk. God damn it. Both in the original uh, M scene and then when she reappears in the uh, Rio station mm-hmm. with the fighting monks. Bastards. What a waste. Terrible. What is the name of the Bond girl who meets Bond in Rio? Peter Allen. <laughs> <laughs> For all our Australian music fans out there. <laughs> he had an international appeal, didn't he? He did, he did. He married Liza. He married Liza. Liza. <laughs> um, how you like me now, Mama? <laughs> Manuela is her name. Oh. Who works for Station VH. Manuela. Oh. And she's played by Emily Bolton. Oh. Ooh. Lovely name. That's yeah. a movie star's name. It is a movie star name. She was a movie star. Name well, her IMDb name. doesn't suggest that she was. Whoa. But anyway. Um, if you're listening. <laughs> <laughs> the thoughts of Jake Spear. Emily Bolton. <laughs> Friend of the podcast, Emily Bolton. Uh, is the car that Bond arrives at pheasant hunting a Rolls Royce? Uh, yes. I said yes. It's I a 1920s model, and Darby agreed that it was also a Royce. It's not. Isn't it? Unashamedly. It is neither a 1920s model nor a Rolls Royce. It is a 1936 Hispano Suiza J12. There you oh. are. A luxury automobile produced in France. It was the largest and most expensive car produced by the manufacturer. It's massive. The J12 was only available as a chassis. Buyers would have to arrange with outside coach builders to integrate the body to the car. What? And the J12, you guessed it, stands for 12 cylinders, baby. Mm. Oh. Delivering up to 250 horsepower. This was a car that was built for nobility. And the elite. It was built mm. to start moving and not stop again. That's right. <laughs> she was moving. Probably about You'd actually five really time. appreciate. I don't know if you've ever come across uh, Hispano Suiza Darbs, but these guys were one of the very early trailblazers of, mm. of, of uh, auto racing. Oh, really? Um, and these guys, with one of their very early cars, mm. won the Spanish version of the kind of early Grand Prix back right. in 1909. <laughs> Doing some really interesting All stuff. Right. Mm. Um, all right. Decision time. Uh huh. Darby. That's moi. You were on the fence when it came to which matte painting was worse. Oh. Drax's massive French styled mansion in the Californian desert or Drax Industries, the large Elon Musk styled complex. I have here photos of the two. Darby, now you must decide. Oh, oh I want to see these as well. Hang on. Let's minute. take a look at some of these map paintings here. So, see this to me don't look so bad. Yep. You're looking at. It's that's I didn't a think still. That was too bad. We're looking at the uh, at the mansion here, folks. Taking a closer look, you can see the trees. Yeah, and it's not in moving, does it? Well, does a house move, Brandon? It's, the map painting this, looked bad this to because me. of how it sat. As they were pushing in through the helicopter, it was well, the If I'm looking at this image, bad. I'm saying this is not a map painting. I'm mm. saying that's real. That's amazing, isn't it? Mm. And where's the second map painting? We want to go, go back before way. here, Darby. Back to El Star Wars. This is you, this is a map painting that's, too. That's Matt. Look, map paintings are the way to go. 
I mean, they're stunning, but look, there's nothing in the world of James Bond that looks like that, all grey and Star Wars like that. Yeah, Drax Industries. Like that. But then when they cut to the... At least when they cut back to the house, it's it's the house. This doesn't look like that at all. It looks like some Californian shed. Some mm. back lot. It doesn't look like that. So what's your uh, point? My point is... He wants, he wants you to say that he's right. That this is the worst one. That the Moonraker yeah, one wants, is the worst one. Yeah, Drax Industries is the worse than matte painting. Look, the house is the right matte painting. I think I would need to see them both in motion. To see the motion tracking to which Brent refers. You know what? What's I'm going to pop this in the story of our Instagram. <laughs> yep. And I'm going to get the listeners to vote on this. Let's take it what to a vote. What is the worst map painting in Moonraker? That, <laughs> that gaudy chateau? <laughs> or the very Star sleek Wars. and stylish Star Wars? Let's yes, leave it to I, the yes, people. Yes, I will say leave it's it a Star people. Wars inspired. All right. All right. So is the whole movie. <laughs> <laughs> One final tidbit, it's not quite a fact check, but it is something that we spoke about during the screening and not the podcast. Oh. Talking about going back to the G-Force simulator. Yes. We marvelled, I certainly did, at how they managed to get that facial effect on uh, Roggi with mm. the G-Forces as they increased and thinking, it can't possibly be triggered by blowing air because his hair doesn't really move. And I said I thought that he had a... A, a blower. Like a blower that he could he control the force of. Yeah, yeah, in yeah. his lap or something. That's right, that's right. That's what was stated. So in the DVD... Not on the podcast. <laughs> not on the podcast, but during the screening. I think he's just kind of uh, going... And then blowing it's his like, out like Yeah, that. and then they just filmed it in slow motion. Oh, and reversed it. And reversed it. <laughs> Well, strangely enough, in the DVD commentary, it is said that the effect was created using high-pressure air jets through a very thin nozzle okay. on a tube held off-camera by Roger Moore hey. himself. Brandon McClellan, he is our expert. Because MI6 they were expert. thin tubes, they it weren't was, getting their hair. It was directed. It was more... Oh, God. Oh, like oh, that. Oh, God. <laughs> What? And with that, that's what that looks like as a soundbite. <laughs> and with that grotesque uh, sound, that is fact check. Uh, fact check, fact congratulations. check. Congratulations. Well, congratulations to you, Darby. Why? Um, for being the dirty devil of this episode. Oh, this is. Ooh. This isn't going to play well. I don't know. Ooh. You can try. You can try. All right. We'll see if the dirt sticks. <laughs> it is time for. Our favourite segment, preconceived notions. Uh, Darby Dick, what are your preconceived notions heading into this film? 1965's Thunderball! Thunderball. Uh, preconceived notions, I have no idea what this one's about. Yeah. What is a Thunderball? Who does a Thunderball? Where have a Thunderball? <laughs> I don't know what the right... Uh, use of the word of the is. word is yeah um, so I'm excited to see how that works yeah. is it a noun is it a verb exactly uh, is it is it a MacGuffin that he needs to attain uh, maybe who knows who knows I'm not going to say um, I'm excited to cap off Sean today I think this will be interesting to see um, yeah where exactly he stacks up because I have I haven't been anti Sean in the past, but mm. he's 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 rubbed me the wrong way from time to time. Mm. I think he might be up there as my favourite, as one of my favourites. Me too. So, it's only one film that I don't really enjoy him in. Yeah, mm. look, From Russian with Love was gorgeous. 
Spectacular. Um, spectacular. And Brandon has assured me... Well, hang on. Hang that on. this is just as good. I didn't say... No, That I this didn't. is the, a similar film by a similar director and I will love it. I will think it's the bee's knees. I... So... I never said that. <laughs> um, that's what I'm thinking. Uh, I'm excited to see what a Thunderball is. Yeah. I'm excited to see Sean. Um, and I'm excited to see a Terrence Young film with a theme song. Oh, yeah. Ooh, mm, yes. The full Terence Young experience. Yes, yeah. in the kind of traditional, traditional Bond, Bond formula, that's format right. sort of thing. We all the elements singing. Exactly. Literally. 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 Mm. Interesting. Mm. Interesting. Mm. My preconceived notion would be that this is probably going to be Connery's second best film. Second to From Russia With Love. I think it's going to be of similar ilk. I think it's going to be a classic yeah. Um, I, I'm a little bit sad that we're going to be saying goodbye to Connery. Uh, we've had a you problematic him a thug. We've got look. That's not necessarily a bad thing. That's what I keep saying. It's not a pleasant term to call someone. I by. think it's attributed to his incredible animalistic charisma, persona, energy, machismo on screen. All right. Um, I'm sad to see him go too. After that, yeah. I must say. I can't believe we're here already. I know. Mm. I, I I definitely feel that I've had a problematic relationship with, with Connery. Maybe not problematic. Problematic might be a bit harsh. Bumpy. Yeah, rocky. I think rocky. our first date was pretty good. You know, subsequent dates, mm, <laughs> not too, you know, a bit rocky. Certainly redeemed himself in From Russia. But as we discussed in From Russia... <sighs> He is James Bond. Yeah. And I think we're going to see more of the same in this, that classy Connery. And um, I, I, look, I'm really excited to see the environment and the world of this film. Yeah, I love the different? idea of the water. Mm. You know, there's rumours of oh, water. Yeah. Underwater. And spear hunting or, or things like that. Who knows? Mm. What are we going to see? I think, spoiler alert, we're going to see a pretty wacky gadget. And I don't know how yes. I'm going to go with it. I don't yes. know if Darby's going to like it very much. I hope I how like it. How do you know it. about this? I know because... You've both talked about it in the podcast before. <laughs> anyway, so, anyway. Uh, moving, moving right along. Um, I know very little about this film. I know nothing about the villain. I know nothing about the Bond women. I know nothing about the plot. <laughs> um, like most things, I know nothing at all. <laughs> so I'm excited uh, at the prospect of an education. Yeah. Um, but I think it's going to be good. Yeah, my preconceived notion of that too is that it's going to be very good. Mm-hmm. Uh, this this is another Sean that I really love. Um, I think he's great in it. I think the villain's really good. He's really charming and smooth. Like he's one of the few very smooth villains. Is it Bluffold? Uh, well, Bluffold's in it, yeah. but he, I wouldn't <laughs> say he's your main villain of the piece. Right? Um, is he in it? He is in it. All right, we'll talk about this later. But what do you mean? So talk about it now. Talk about it now. <laughs> well, is he the old man in the chimney? No, 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 no. That's, that's something not, else. That's not this. Oh, I that's thought that was not this. this. Oh, that's not right. this. Um, oh no, it couldn't be this. Couldn't. couldn't no, no, it comes no, at the end. No. Yeah. Um, look, I I really like most of the elements of this. Um, I would say the pre-title sequence is probably the only part of it that I always forget is a part of this film. Hmm. I never forget about it in terms of thinking about Connery and Bond, but it kind of has nothing to do with the rest of this film. Right. 
and kind of doesn't match the tone of the rest of the film. Not that it's a bad pre-title sequence, but it's just different. It's different to what the film ends up being. Um, Beautiful location. Extraordinary cinematography. Ted Moore again at the helm here uh, as cinematographer. Um, Just... It's just great. It's great! I don't think there's much else to say. No, I Apart don't think from, so. uh, I think it's time to pop, pop in, in the Blu-ray <laughs> for 1965's Thunderball. And ball is the only way to thunder. <laughs> We've just seen 1965's Thunderball, our final Connery. What did we think? I think that was the most fun that we've had. Oh, it'd be close. What do you think? Really? Maybe not quite as fun as... As Moonraker? Moonraker. Moonraker was more fun. Moonraker was deliriously silly. But this was a good kind of enjoyment. Mm. It was Mm. good, wasn't it? Mm. More so that the film was causing genuine... Enjoyment, rather yeah. than Whereas I think we got more entertainment. Fun. Yeah. Yeah. I feel like so. I stepped back in time a little bit, and for parts of it, for glimpses, I was in a theater in the '60s, oh, wow. experiencing it. You know yeah, what I mean? Wow. And seeing yeah. seeing the special quality and why it was important and how it impacted people. It just, I agree. Yeah. I agree. I was transported. Yeah, yeah. I definitely felt that this film had a kind of grandness mm. to it that I think I'm picking up on what you're putting down. You picking it up? Absolutely. Mm. I'll pick it up too. I'll take one. Oh, yeah. One person can hold it at a time. We can, so, we can share it. So I put it down. He picked it up. You've got to wait up. for him to put it down. Okay. I'll just hang on to it for a little bit. Yeah, you keep going. Look at it. Mm. Oh, okay. Just feel it a bit. Yeah. yeah. Feels good, doesn't it? It does feel good. Yeah, it's heavy, yeah. but not a burden. Yeah. Mm. Do you want it back? I will take it back All for right, a little I'll bit. I'll give it back to you. Could I have a... Well, hang on. It's pretty good. Just feel yeah. It feels it's, nice. Yeah. You could... I'll put it down. Oh, I picked it up. Yeah. Oh, yeah, that's great. Ah, <laughs> oh, Thunderball. <laughs> He's picking up what we've been down. He's picking up what we've put down. Yeah, yeah, yeah. picked up what you've put down. Yeah, yeah. certainly yeah. You know what? I think this is Connery's best. Ooh, Ooh. that's a... Nah, see, I really? disagree with you instantly, and I hate you when we're enemies now. Oh. From Rush with Love You're is his best. You're not picking up what he's putting down. Yeah. I'll fight you on it. Do you think this is better than From Russia, from from Sean? For me, for me, yeah. I'm a '90s kid. Uh huh. Ah, oh, here we go. Mm-hmm. This Pierce Brosnan. Yeah. This Pierce Bronson is the best Connery film. Explain yourself. You Explain yourself. You can't just say this shit. You can't just say that. <laughs> I might agree with you, but you can't just say that. For me, uh, there are only three. Problematic things with this film. Oh, yeah, I know one of them. That might one of them might be in the health spa. Involving <laughs> <laughs> the prelude to a mink glove. One, is what I'm calling it. One yeah. of them, yes, does involve <laughs> that poor woman at the clinic. Yeah. And how they handle that scene. Yeah, purely. The fact that. They managed to balls up Connery's leg injury and swap his. All the continuity gunshot wound around. Continuity doesn't fuck. Nah, that bothered me. That bothered me. All right. 
And the other thing... You bother me. Which I would put on a similar level to, to my first issue would be the handling of the sharks. Oh, the oh. treatment of the but animals. Hang on, hang mm. on. Are you talking about Connery's performance? Or no, I'm talking about the film. Yeah. I'm talking about the film. Well, let's talk about, we're talking about. You said this was Connery. Connery, yeah. Connery. Connery. Right. Well, I think <laughs> this is. No, I'm not think... even making your own point. <laughs> I'm taking a step back and started talking about the film in general. Well, we weren't there yet. James Bond, Mr. James Sean, Bond, Mr. Connery. Sean Connery. Why is, he better, Connery why is he better in this than in From Russia? Sir Sean Connery is better in this than in From Russia with Love. Just because. Oh, oh, this is the come sort of... on. Now, this film, this <laughs> film, him, everything, he is so witty in this and so charming. He's very funny. He He's is funny. absolutely on fire. And the and physicality, some of his best fighting sequences. Mm-hmm. He is on fire. I'll, I'll agree with you. I think Connery is at his funniest here. He's got his... his he's probably... This is the best time I've seen him having. Mm. Yeah. yeah, I felt... Yeah. yeah, yeah, absolutely. However, I thought the James Bond he showed us in From Russia with Love was a better James Bond. The kind of more serious, played more straight than for laughs, I guess. Not that well, he's playing much, much more serious. Yeah, it's much it's straighter. much more straight down the line. I think I think there in finish your thought. I not that he's playing for laughs. He's not playing for laughs in this. No, he's not necessarily he's playing humorous. for laughs. He's, he's not humorous, but not playing for laughs. He's definitely open to having a better time. I just think in the high stakes, stakes world of espionage, I'd be more likely to believe the character in From, Rushing, From Russia with Love as a real person than the person in Thunderbolt. Oh, he was very real in this for me. I think going back to the clinic, when he's stalking those guys that are bringing mm. in the, the trolley with the dead body on it, mm. the way he's handling all of that hitting the fire alarm and all that sort of stuff. Oh, that's a very Jeez, cool moment. Good. He's so cool. Mm. He's so... Uh, stealthing through Largo's, uh, you know... Complex. Complex there, the house with the shark tank and everything. Him fighting. He's on fire. Yeah, would, would you say... I think therein lies the difference between what I want from a Bond and what you want from a I Bond. I think you're right. I think there's something kind of there. You like the playful... Not larrikin, it's the wrong word, but there's a sense of There's like, a quality to that. There's a quality to that, and I think I like it played a little more straight and serious. Mm, mm. And I think this is two sides of Sean which serve those. But he's... I mean, I, I'm not not speaking ill of him in this film. I think it's a fantastic performance. But just that I pre- just that I prefer what he presents to us in Russia. That's interesting. Yeah, I had a conscious awakening watching this film, going, "This is different to From Russia with Love." You can have it, an unconscious even, awakening. Even, well, you Gwyneth might. Paltrow might disagree. <laughs> <laughs> I was very aware of this thought occurring in my mind mm. watching this film. Where else would it occur? The, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. Gets your point. I'll stop it. That as much as I love From Russia with Love, shut up, Brandon. <laughs> as much as I love From Russia with Love, this is more up my alley. Okay. This for a Bond film. You prefer to see uh, live animals being slaughtered. Uh, oh for my the sake god! Of no. What did I just say earlier before I was you know sidetracked, blindsided into talking about Connery? My three issues. I spoke about my three issues yeah. and the fact that the sharks. Are actually being shot at and harmed. Yeah, is extremely. But we're not talking problematic. about the sharks right now. We're talking you just about brought it up. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Jake, you're too easy. You're an easy guy, mate. Oh, 
God. That was like watching someone rope a duck. <laughs> I was like, Muhammad Ali, just let him go. He'll turn himself out. Now, I think for me, this is the best Connery gets. He's right. humorous, he's charming, he's stealthy, he's real and authentic. He's badass, he's a killer fighter. It's like there's, He's firing on all cylinders here. Mm-hmm. We get Detective Bond. You know him bugging him. Look, you know, oh, going into the room and like replaying back that tape that he's oh, got and, hidden and in picturing the, the footsteps. And, oh, mm. that was a beautiful scene. Very and, good. Uh, re- taking out the hidden gun that he concealed under the table and everything. Oh, I loved it. I did love. I did really love. I'll let you speak in a minute. No. But I did really love the um, the. I've sidetracked myself. Oh, Lost no. my train of thought. Well, you we were talking about the sequence. Where he's in the room. And oh yeah, the, the, there seemed to be an extra level of uh, attention to detail in the background of this movie. Yes, like in character choices, in kind of sub narratives that weren't necessarily happening right in front of us. Oh, there was yeah. a lot of work happening it's behind a full the scenes. Tapestry, yeah, it is. It's yeah. not glazed over or overlooked, or you know, like the way you. There's a there's a moment where he hops the onto Domino's boat. Yes. Oh, and, yeah. And, when uh, he, and she chucks, and the, she chucks the, the shirt across. Over. It's like yeah. you wouldn't see that in another James Bond film, I don't think. Maybe Casino Royale. Ma- I mean, well, it maybe felt very modern and felt yeah. very real it and did. kind of. Yeah. Yeah, I think old mate Terence, he, he wouldn't be out of place directing things today. Bold yeah. choice. There was a yeah. number of occasions where we, we, I think we each had a turn of going, oh, that was such a modern shot. Mm. Brandon especially, I remember that, you that sort of saying... That disco volante. Oh, yeah. Um, once, when they're fleeing from the uh, the, naval, the naval ships, yes. the US Coast Guard and that, that actually I had flashes of Le Chiffre's boat in mm. Casino. Casino. I thought the same thing. I was like, holy fuck. Yeah. <laughs> Man, that just tickled me pink. And yeah. tell us, Sean Connery in From Russia or Sean Connery in Thunderball? If you could only Ooh. have one. Fuck, that's hard. That is a hard question because I see him as I see them as the two sides mm. of the Connery Bond. Mm. Where mm. and Thunderball feels like it's a mission where he's allowed to have be a bit more playful because he's kind of playing the cover mm. a little bit, mm. so he can be a bit more playboyish. Mm. Whereas in From Russia with Love, he's agent. She knows that he's a spy yeah. from the get-go. The whole conceit is that she's fallen in love with some spy. Also, the danger in From Russia With Love is much more in the shadows, whereas mm. in this this film, it's very much very out in the open and bright, and he's having lunch with the man, mm. and they both know that each other is it's just the a matter enemy. of time. Yes, it's you know? like, oh, well, we'll be civil. We'll, we'll be have civil. this out. Yeah. yeah. We'll, we'll, we'll dance in the day, and we'll... We'll kill each other at, at night. Mm. Yeah. There's something... Uh, I, I don't know. I don't know which I prefer. But i got to say, Sean Connery genuinely made me laugh in this. Yes. Like, I wasn't just in that thing of, oh, I've seen these films and that moment makes me chuckle. I was genuinely like, I found that fucking hilarious. His delivery, the looks that he was firing away. His little goofy moments, too, yeah. at Shrublands. Like... I don't know. I don't know which one I prefer. Because mm. From Russia With Love is one of my favourite films. But this is also one of my favourites. And I think it's because this is the fun Bond. From Russia With Love is the more serious Bond. Yeah. Mm. 
this is what I want when I'm thinking this one's a little it's a bit lighter it's like yeah still you can make it lighter but give me this yeah give me yeah. grounded give me real because the stakes I felt the stakes in this mm. yeah yeah I think there, there was, was a great authenticity scenes. here. Mm. There's a bomb in there. Yeah. <laughs> There's two. <laughs> my decision's made. All right. My decision is I think well my oh god. My gut wants to say from Russia, but I've just seen Thunderball and mm. I'm on a real high from it. Mm. So I don't know. I'm going to throw know. it out there. Going back to a couple of episodes where we where we were talking about the the bonds uh, giving us uh, the full spectrum mm-hmm. of performance. I think Connery gives us a more diverse performance. We get to see more colours and notes from him in this film than we do in From Russia With Love. Not to detract away from the performance that he gave, but it is that very serious, uh, that very serious, steady, you know, uh, agent on mm. a mission kind of performance. Whereas here, I think we do get to see some darkness from him. And I think we see some great physicality from him, but we do see some charm and wit and playfulness from him that I that I think is missing. It's definitely the Russia. most relaxed I've ever seen Connery in the role. Yeah, it was very. It was such an assured performance. Mm. And there are flashes of it in Diamonds. I think there are little <laughs> moments of that in Diamonds, not the whole way. Mm. And there are flashes of it. I think in You Only Live Twice. I don't know what it is. Wait. You might be right. You might be right. It could be the the most diverse of his performances. I think the most... Oh, that's, it's too hard for me to judge. I just think his performances in this and from Russia with Love, spellbinding for me. Mm. Yeah, I agree. That's why I see them as the two heavyweight performances. I'm choosing from Russia, but this for me is... Very, very good. It's not going to But it's like, I'm yeah. talking strictly... If I, if I had to choose a universe in which... They made more films like From Russia and stuck to that yeah. and didn't diversify the character, kept in that formula in that world. Yeah. Or if I had the opportunity to see more films like Thunderball, I feel like I do see a lot of films like Thunderball. I feel like I don't see many like From Russia, mm. which is why I feel From Russia is the stronger film mm, fair. for me. But at the same time, this was breaking new ground. Mm. So Here's a question for you. Why is, every, the why is everyone talking about Goldfinger? What do you mean? Why is everyone celebrating Goldfinger? Oh, you mean in the real From world. From Russia with Love and Thunderball I've is where never, it's at. I don't think I've ever really lo- understood the love for Goldfinger. And when we did that viewing, that really... I think it's my least favourite Sean Connery film. Wow. I think I would watch Diamonds... You only live twice, and the other three before I would watch Goldfinger. And I know that's sacrilegious. Rah rah rah. <laughs> I think Goldfinger agree doesn't with do you. it for me. But I, it, it's coming right off the back of From Russia. So what's the big change between Guy Hamilton? Yeah, I'm thinking about it. Mm. I think Guy Hamilton's only good film, and I like The Man with the Golden Gun. I've got a soft spot for it. Yep. But I think he's only good film is Live and Let Die Mm. and even then that's still got Sheriff J.W. Pepper it does it's still got some missteps that are are coming from him that you can feel they feel like they they are are, yeah yeah. they're a little bit like what? silly what's that? yeah yeah I don't know I don't know what it is I think Guy Hamilton may be my least favourite of the directors 
I know you you're not hugely in on Lewis Gilbert, but I think I can still see a steady hand with Lewis Gilbert. I don't know, the Hamilton films just do not do it for me. I'm looking at them mm. lined up there on the VHS rack and I'm just like, oh. the Hamilton ones are probably my least favourite. It's interesting, isn't it? Goldfinger, Live and Let Die. Diamonds and Man Diamonds, with the Golden Gun. Man with the Golden Gun. <clears throat> yeah. Terence is definitely a cut above. He's three from three for me. Yeah, I think what Hamilton brings to the universe is some of its, uh, to the universe of Bond is this kind of, I think he Dare I say the over-the-top crap. Yeah, that kind of pervaded, shit. pervaded the, the series for the next 30. Although there was some pretty stupid stuff in this. Such as? Such as the pre-title sequence. Oh, okay. Elaborate. Well, I didn't... Was it the jetpack? The jetpack was awful. <laughs> I knew it. Um, I knew it. They did it for real. Yeah, it. that was the thing that Jake <laughs> thought you would hate it. You did. You hated it. <laughs> and nonsensical. Not the best way. Uh, you know me. I like to see my Bond capable. I like to mm-hmm. see every decision he makes make sense. I don't want to see him make a decision for the purpose of entertainment. Yes. Jumping onto a, a jetpack and flying away. That's some guy Hamilton shit. That to only go feel. like less than a hundred meters. Exactly. To the car. And also the man gate. dressed as a woman. Like you, you were just at a funeral with a thin veil. You know. Yeah. Come on, at your own funeral. <laughs> like there's some. Yeah, I don't. Yeah, it's good. Where is it's his goofy. actual wife that he's pretending to be? She must be dead. She's she, in the coffin. She's probably in the coffin. Yeah. Mm-hmm. He's a spectre agent. I doubt he's in it for love. I, 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 I had to... After the, the pre-title, I was like, I don't know if this is going to be what I want it to be. Well, I did say in the pre... Uh, yeah, yeah, you did. I was you trying to it. temper those expectations because yeah, yeah. I don't think that the pre-title sequence mm. belongs with this film. And it took a while for it to win me after that point yeah, as it, well. It's got a bit of a, a false start. Yeah, almost. yeah. Um, although you did say something that I was quite shocked by, mm. you liked Maurice Binder's. Time I liked Morris's work. Morris still finding uh, some inspiration in 1965. He got me in the mood. He did. He figured it out. Yep. He figured it out. I must admit, I think what got me in the mood more is the song. Yeah, the song's great. Huh? But I think Morris was doing some of his best work here. Yes. Yeah. Agree. Agree. Working agree. very well with that song and very well with the with the film. Mm. In general, water. Oh, I got it. <laughs> Swimming ladies, colours. Naked, naked, naked. <laughs> um, before we move on too far, yes, we've watched all the Sean Connery films. Yeah. Uh, what do we think? All in all, what's your grade? Oh, Sean. What's your assessment or your assessment? <laughs> My assessment of Sean assessment. as a shaken slash third number. You want? Nice oh, oh, that's not a bad idea. Oh, okay. I would give Sean. Oh, there's some troughs and there's some picks. <laughs> that's a tough question. It's a tough one. Where are your troughs? Name your troughs. Name your lowest. My lowest What's, point. If there was a Sean Connery film that you'd be like, don't need it anymore. If I had to chop one off the list? Yeah. Diamonds. Diamonds would be the first to go for me. I'd keep Goldfinger a little bit longer. Um, Goldfinger would be next to go. Then it'd be You Only Live Twice, Mm -hmm. Dr. No, Thunderball from Russia. 
yeah. then I believe I'm going to give Mr. Sean Connery. <sighs> he's a shaken eight as a James Bond for oh, me. Okay. Yeah, he's a shaken eight as, a, mm. as James Bond. Where does he sit for you, Mr. Spear? If I was going to ditch one, yeah, I'd ditch Goldfinger. I'm with you. I I would watch Diamonds. I'm shocked that I'm saying that. If you had asked me if I would say that... Yeah, at the very beginning of all of this... Not a chance. Not a chance. I would have thought that's sacrilegious. Despite how much we we just flogged that final third of that film... Diamonds. Yeah. yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, yeah. I don't know. There's a part of that film that's there just is a more part of me that wants alley. to watch it again. I know. Very soon. Yeah, and I might just do it. I'll join you. <laughs> look, I love Charles Gray. Yeah, so uh, do I. So you know do what? I. Um, look, I said it in the preamble, in the preconceived notions. I think Sean and I got off to a bit of a rocky start. I really enjoyed Doctor No. I thought it was a great introduction to the franchise. It surprised me. Mm-hmm. Um, as as those first couple of Connery films went on, I was a little bit let down, and I didn't think he was the kind of Bond that I wanted. Mm. But these last two films have just blown him out of the water for me, mm. and it's getting harder and harder for me to convince myself. That you like Pierce Brosnan. That <laughs> <laughs> I'll go one further. That anyone else is James is Bond. James Bond. Yeah, it's tough, isn't it? It's very hard. Yeah. Because these two films, from Russia with Love, and Thunderball, uh, are stunning. They're stunning films, and he is so strong in them. He's so stylish and charming and capable, and it's just they're exciting films. He's not... Something I noticed uh, tonight was that I was like, he's not just handsome, he's rugged. Yeah. He's interesting. Yeah. yeah. Whereas uh, I think some of the other Bonds, yeah. I really love them. I love them all to a degree. But there's only two that I would consider rugged and interesting for me. Name them. Craig and Connery. Mm. I think they're the only two who can genuinely inhabit every aspect of the Bond spectrum. That can do the funny one-liner. See, I think he struggles with those one-liners. It's the only part of his performance that... And when we watched them, we were surprised that he did as well as he did. And he made them his own. He Mm. did make them his Mm. own. But there is is a different... He's not far off them. Mm-hmm. He's nipping at their at their heels, but there is something that Connery and Craig bring to the character that it might not even be what is is in the books, but there is a lived-in, rugged, masculine thing, a charisma about them that I just find irresistible. Mm-hmm. And have it's never better on display for Connery than it is in this and from Russia with Love. Yeah. Like, the fact that he can do a From Russia With Love and then do a this yeah. and it not feel like he's skipped a beat at all, <clears throat> he stays within those the, 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 the realms of the, the film, the boundaries of the film, without ever feeling uncomfortable. Mm. Even watching him in something as stupid as Diamonds Are Forever yeah. or You Only Live Twice, I still believe him. 
Yeah. Even though the film gets weird and silly and bleh, mm. I'm still watching him being like, that is James Bond. Yeah. That's James Bond. To elaborate on that, I want to throw a question at Darby. Oh, your time's done. I yeah. want to throw... No, no, sorry. No, you're not <laughs> hearing me. <laughs> I'm perfect. Darby. Oh, what is it? At which point, yeah. across Sean Connery's legacy... Like that. Do you see Sean Connery or James Bond? When do you see him as himself or is he always James Bond for you? Because oh. he harangued me like this about Pierce. Do you see oh, James Bond or good, do you see... Good. Yeah, yeah, you boys are... Yeah, you've got your own little <laughs> Look, thing going uh, I, would... I might leave you to it. <laughs> I would be, to answer that <clears throat> politically, yeah. mm. I would be lying... If I said I could get through a Sean Connery film with the same level of absorption that you guys seem to have in his performance, right. I, I think I see an actor a lot more than perhaps you guys do. Huh. I don't know if it's just a slight disconnect between us, but like even in this film, when he is doing the quippy stuff, mm-hmm. I don't know. I don't quite ever believe it. Feels uh, like a script. Feels it like feels an actor like a script. Delivering. Feels like an actor, and I think that's more a thing of James Bond. But that's why I point to From Russia with Love, because I feel like. Well, there is less of that. There is less of that. There's still some of it. There's still ch- charm and cheek, but I feel like. Terence Young directing From Russia with Love. In 1963. Three. That's how you make an international spy film. Yeah. That that has grounded high stakes, and mm-hmm. it isn't necessarily a construct in the same way as something like this is. Uh, what do you mean? What do you mean when you say a, a construct? I well, don't really know what the what um, you mean by that. I guess the the kind of movement of the plot and the and the inherent craziness of it. What's crazy about this? Well, because I have I have a thing where I think it's a bit crazy. Yeah, but I, I want to know what your. I guess are. I I don't know if I'd be able to lay you down the the play by play. I think it's just the general kind of setup that you've got an organisation of supervillains pulling and running the strings, and they fall down. And it's James Bond. The, what I seem to be pointing out here is the James Bondness. Uh, yeah, you know, those tropes and those the formula, tropes, the, like, formula right. the the jokes, the the back and forths, the evil lair and the the big bad guys exactly. getting the bombs. Exactly. And... From Russia with Love seems to be an almost alt reality for me, where it is it is playing in that field, but it's still in 1963, telling a real story that happens to be about spies, mm. and I think yeah, I think. Yeah, I would say counter mm. to that. I mm. think that the From Russia with Love. Because I think both of these films are pretty grounded comparatively to... Yeah. I think probably the most grounded is Dr. No of all of them. Mm. Well... Because it's a policeman. He's just a detective. Yeah, Moon, yeah. Moonraker, I would say. Oh, yeah, 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 I yeah. see that. Yeah. Um, uh, but, like, with From Russia With Love, it's them needing its... a decoding machine yeah. in the 60s, no way. True. Like, the decoding machine is from the 40s. They stopped using those during World War Two. The, the, it's still the Spectre secret organisation. 
it's still that constant, which is why I think I'm so kind of, uh, I'm more at ease at being like, yeah, I'll, I'll lean into the kind of more extravagant nature that this one has. Because I, I agree with you, I think mm. From Russia With Love is a much more darkly sexy picture. Yeah. But there's something about this that I love that it's a bit like, no, fuck it, we'll do it in the daylight. <laughs> There's something that's so open and blue and yeah that that appeals to me. Uh, the thing though in Thunderball that I don't, I just get a, every time it happens. I'm like, mm, is that like plastic surgery must have been so like not understood at the time yeah, of the sixties yeah, yeah. that they're like, oh yeah, you can change a man's face and voice and everything. Because <laughs> they do it in Diamonds Are Forever too yeah, with yeah. all the Blofelds yeah, being made up. Yeah. And I always get a bit like, that stuff I always go, oh, well, we know better now. And you just go, oh, I just have to go with that, I guess. Yeah. Yeah, I, it's, it's funny. It's, it's funny, hard though. and I don't feel like I completely like got to the truth of the way I feel there. But... It's yeah. It's, it's just a feeling. I guess yeah. that, that is the thing with these Bond films is that mm. it's like well, it's taste, isn't it? Well, yeah, it it's because such a subjective thing. They've mm. all got moments in them where you're, you're like, <laughs> yeah. Like for example, <clears throat> not to jump ahead or anything like that, but I will. Um, Dare you? Blofeld's meeting lair with all of the numbered yes. Spectre agents. Oh yes. And he's up on the stage with the blinds across him and, you know, a chair can go down into the ground and yeah, come yeah. back flaming and stuff. Mm. <laughs> that, that's too much? That's that construct? Well, the, here's the, the, pro- the problem about? is that I adore it. Yes. Yeah. I love it. I think it's the coolest shit and I want to make something like it. <laughs> yes. Yeah. But it's not real. But it's not, yeah. But I guess I kind of have an instinct towards, I guess in the day and age that we live in, the way we approach story, it's hard not to shake that. Mm. Where you have an instinct to make things truthful. You have an instinct to make things grounded these days. I think that permeates cinema when cinema's doing, when it's not the Avengers shit. Um, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's like, th- that's our MO as creators now with movies is make people feel the feelings. Mm. You know, it's not so much about taking them into a dark room and entertaining them anymore. It's more a communion of feelings. I think that's when cinema's at its best. So it's like, for me, it's this balance of love the enjoyment, love the kind of the escapist aspect. Yeah. But I guess what my instincts are trained to look for are true moments, so true, true think- character moments. And they happen in flashes in James Bond. Like when, when um, gosh. Oh, pretty much the whole back half of Casino Royale for me is just so like that for me. Yeah. Like even, I mean, to give you a really pointed example that we've touched on before is yeah. like when Dalton... Uh, he's crawling over that shark and the shark pops up and he's terrified. That, to me, is a moment of human truth mm-hmm. in amongst an extravagant spy film. Yeah. And that's what I'm looking for. Those Do you little... think this has that? It has moments of truth, for sure. Yeah, But, but there's um, more of that in from Russia. Exactly. Yeah. 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 Even though it's got the silly thing about, you know, the clone James Bond being set off in a hedge maze at the start. <laughs> <laughs> but it's like... But the terror of that scene and the way they balanced yeah. it transports me there. Yeah. Whereas in this, I felt like more a passenger to escapism. 
Right, right, right. Mm. More, I'll go where you want me to go, but I'm not believing a second of it. Sure. Except for the little moments that I did believe. They kept yes. Yeah. yeah. So you yeah. think that that grander theatricality that creeps into some of these films mm. uh, has a tendency to date the picture, whereas that there's some kind of... I think it has you... a tendency to undermine the picture. Right. Undermine the... Well, it's hard because it's got a fan base and this is what people want and yada, yada, yada. Yeah, yeah. But for me, it undermines the picture because I guess I'm still looking for that why Why am I here watching this movie? What is this movie trying to tell me? It's travelled through time to get here. Mm-hmm. What am I going to learn from it? You know? Mm-hmm. And I think... Yeah. I don't know. <laughs> it's interesting. It's interesting. Mm. Because I get the impression from you that the... Um, that that kind of emotionality or the sophistication of a movie like From Russia With Love... Mm. Uh, They've managed to tap into some kind of um, timelessness, yeah, because of the truth that they explore within that. That's right. Um, mm. That sort of becomes a little more timeless and universal, whereas some of these other pictures that are a bit more grand and theatrical, as much as we love them, um, they can have a tendency to. I you know date themselves in that way that we well, kind of can't really connect with anymore. I in guess a so. Sense. I guess there are, in this franchise in particular, there are points in which there is a certain spark, there is a certain person or an idea that takes hold, mm. and all of a sudden there are examples where they're making a picture that is worth something, mm. in the sense that it's making a statement about a character, about a world, about an idea that opens you up a little bit and teaches you something new. Then there are other films where you know exactly what you're going to get and it's what you get. Mm-hmm. And I think they're the ones that are more franchise fodder. Continue the story, keep James Bond going. Yeah. But what I love about James Bond is it can span over all this time. It can pop up in 1963 and go, feel something as an audience member. It can then reappear in 1972 and go, here's another thing that you didn't think you were going to get. And yeah. it does it throughout time to the point where it's still doing it today. That's why I love James Bond. Yeah. You know, I'll put up with the... The silly stuff. The silly stuff as long as there's the promise of this. Mm. That I'm going to go there. That I'm going to... I don't just want to be pulled away and entertained. I want to be taught a lesson. You know? I don't know. I don't know. What would you... Yeah. That's funny. Because I don't know if I learn a lesson from, from Russia with love. Well... Yeah, it's not like maybe a moral lesson. Right, you know, I guess there are there are lessons that wear all sorts of different masks, but I think when we're going through the like the canals in oh, Venice, the underground stuff. Oh my god, it's teaching me something <laughs> that I don't know about about espionage. Just in the simple way that the elements of film yeah. come together. You know, you've got this great performance. You've got this boat moving through these pillars. You've got this front light, and my mind goes. There's an element that there was this happening at this time, to some degree. Yeah, you I'm know sure that, was, that yeah. this world, that this feeling, it comes from a place of truth, and it's here, and it is entertaining me, and it's serving that purpose. Mm. But it's also, I don't know, I, that feel, sounds that, very vague. No, no, but, no, but I know what you mean because Thunderball yeah. definitely doesn't have that. It, um, maybe the, it does in flashes. Well, it does yeah. in flashes, but yeah. one of the things that I I really love about it is that. It's one of the slightly bigger, more kind of grandiose, mm. fun adventure ones, films. adventure ones, mm. without it going into that territory of too far, stop. Yeah. Mm. There wasn't a J.W. Pepper. There wasn't 
these moments of like what are they doing yeah. like I didn't have that I mean the pre-title sequence I think is a hangover from the gold gold finger yes craze yeah um, and they were like well it's a jetpack and that's new and no one's seen that before so we'll put that in the pre-title sequence and done yeah <laughs> and where, whereas the rest of the film is just has nothing to do with any of that at all no um, but this still keeps a foot in they're not the stakes of our world but they're still grounded in its own reality that's right as long as there's, there's James Whereas Bond Moonraker, stakes going on in, in good. Thunderball yes yeah. there's not James Bond stakes happening in Moonraker. Moonraker there's James Bond the film franchise stakes happening but not James Bond the character yeah mm. it's funny this is slightly a sidetrack but you mentioned the Marvel films I finally watched um Ant-Man and the Wasp and Captain Marvel back right. to back and I was not expecting to like uh, Captain Marvel I thought oh this is going to be really taking itself way too serious it's going to be a big pat on the back blah 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 mm-hmm. I thought for a Marvel film it's probably one of the best ones they've done because it was grounded more in an emotion it was more about the emotional stakes of that character there was something about it where I was like they haven't really done that since maybe the first Iron Man, actually. Mm. And I watched before that Ant-Man and the Wasp. And it's Ba-boo. like every second line is a joke that undercuts any tension. It's like so weird and just there because they've got funny people. Yeah. Mm. And I couldn't stop thinking about Moonraker and the Roger Moore films mm. and how as the Roger Moore films went on they got progressively kind of sillier mm. in that thing of and I remember in an interview Roger Moore went well you know it's very hard to believe me as James Bond I mean I'm not a very physical man blah 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 and he's like well I, I like to raise an eyebrow and have a laugh and I think you can't take James Bond very seriously he walks in and he every bartender knows his drink and every villain knows his name I mean you can't take that man seriously <laughs> and I was like oh that's where they fell in mm. there they fell into believing that the, yeah they mm. fell into that thing of well that couldn't possibly exist in reality so let's not even bother with reality mm. which I kept feeling when I was watching Ant-Man and the Wasp I was like this doesn't believing this. Yeah, it's not the real world. Then, and it doesn't care if it's the real world. It's mm. just it's there. It's mm. oh well they laughed and they had a good time at the theatre. Thanks very much. Yeah, exactly. We'll take you we'll take your money and we'll make you another one in two years. Mm. Yeah. And I couldn't get the more films out of my head, whereas when I watched Captain Marvel, I was like, mm, there's an element here where it's not high art. But I was like, it's at least trying to be a decent picture. Yeah. And there was a part of me watching Thunderball today where I went, this is a damn good, damn good James Bond adventure. Absolutely. Yeah. I never mm. once think he's going to die. Absolutely not. Mm. But, I don't know. I, I had a Thunderball, as oh, they say. Oh, yeah, Thunderball. <laughs> well, look. That I, was, I, can I just say, yes. a very interesting discussion. Oh, I'm glad you joined it. We haven't done one of those deep dive discussions. It was a bit of a deep dive. Look, I'm sorry. I hope you're still with me. I kind oh, of absolutely. <laughs> absolutely. I love getting to the bottom there, of all of this. There's some complex goings on inside absolutely. these human minds of ours. Yeah. That's but just the amazing it, thing, though. Isn't it funny that 
the James Bond franchise <laughs> is doing and it. still create a discussion. Yeah, I mean, and I think and I think stuff. about more, and I think about you know further the point that I was discussing earlier. Mm. I can't remember the film. I think it's The Spy Who Loved Me. Mm-hmm. Yeah, where he talks about. You know, we've talked about it again about the fact that he didn't know who the man was that he killed, and the job's the job, and I did it for Queen and Country. Uh, yes, you know, they're the moments of truth. That's a great moment. That the yeah. more hits upon, you know, there are in every film there are these little flashes, and they are, I think, they're the James Bond magic. I think I it's just, it for your eyes only as well. Yeah, that wonderful moment where I think we were talking about it earlier today. I think before the podcast started, mm. where. Um, I think Moore's getting served a drink, and there's reference to his his wife oh, that yeah, was yeah, killed, and he yeah. like, married once. Tragically, she died. Oh, that's, that's enough. enough. Yeah, that. I mean, that's why I'm excited for this new era of James Bond. Whoever comes after Craig, because I feel like, you know, there was this question about whether or not James Bond could be relevant in today's day and age before Craig came about, and mm. I think the case is made that if you treat him like a real person, he's endlessly relevant. Mm. You know, I think when you start to treat him like a film franchise, he becomes irrelevant because he's a symbol of money making. You know what I mean? In, in essence. But it's like when you explore what makes him special and go to great lengths to ex- keep exploring the character. It's like, yeah. Well, it speaks to your point. And, and the thing that I was picking up from what you were saying is mm. when you tap into these more emotional or kind of authentic mm. moments mm. like Russia really seems to explore that you're picking up on mm. it creates a timelessness mm. and I think if you're injecting that into the character and into the franchise it, the character becomes timeless yeah timelessness because kind of universally relatable yeah and then we can keep going back and exploring these kind of yeah endless sort of moments absolutely we'll, we'll get to experience. a point in our lifetime where we're watching films in the James Bond franchise that are a hundred years old. You know? Yeah, can, you like, imagine? can you imagine? We're not far off. No. <laughs> We're what, forty two years away from that being true for Doctor No. Yeah. Wow. Jeez. Imagine that. Yeah. James Bond's one hundredth <laughs> anniversary, a centenary. We will be old men by the time that happens. That's <laughs> well, we still have some life yeah. in our six. We'll be younger than more looks. Uh, yeah. Oh my goodness. Yeah, you would hope. <laughs> The marvels of modern science. So I want to know what you fellas think is Sean Connery's best moment and Sean Connery's worst moment across mm. his films. Oh, oh that's yeah, true. that's a, that's a good question. Wrapping up his legacy. Gosh, Jake, I don't have the best memory for specifics. Oh, you're talking to me. You think I can answer this question? That's why I asked you. <laughs> What's the worst? That's got to be the easiest, right? What's his absolute his worst? His absolute moment? worst moment. What flashes into my mind is the way he he grabs multiple women. That's several. Yes. There's, there's. I think that's my least favorite Connery aspect. I it's, know I sound like a sensitive darling, but when he grabs them by their wrists and pulls them in and yeah, controls them, no, I agree. I don't want to see that in my body. It's the pussy galore moment. For yeah, me. and that's, in this one, it was in this one. Yeah, it was definitely it in here definitely too. In it this. definitely makes me the most uncomfortable. There's a difference between his worst moment and his most silly moment. Because yeah, the yeah. silliness is kind of a bit more frivolous and yeah, harmless. Yeah. So, so you want to know his silliest moment, did you say? Yeah, yeah, No, yeah, you yeah. said worst. Well, I said his worst. God damn it, Jake, you dirty oh, devil. Friggin'. We're having a deconstruction of Sir Sean Connery's life and legacy. Well, oh, God. all right, his silliest moment? Yes. Christ. I reckon I know Darby's. Oh? Yeah. I reckon Darby thinks Sean Connery's silliest moment yeah. is in Little Nelly. Oh. oh well, 
Is it his silliest? No, his silliest moment is when he turns Japanese. <laughs> that's dumb. Yeah, yeah, that's pretty bad. That's racist. It <laughs> is. That's erring into the worst. Little Nelly's close, but if he was in a tux, I'd forgive Little Nelly. But he wasn't. But he was wasn't. He? Oh, I something that may actually be worse even than yellow face. The kipper tie. <laughs> the pink shorts, dummy kipper tie. Because the thing that kept the pale chub. The thing. <laughs> oh god. The thing that kept coming into my mind was his line of, "I was just out walking my pet rat, and I seem to have lost my way." And I, I'm like, that's a dumb line. But I still love that moment. <laughs> so when you were like, what's the silliest moment? That instantly jumped that to mind. But I was like, no, but I love that. <laughs> he sells he the sells shit it. out of yeah, that. Yeah. Because how the fuck are you meant to be cool when you say, <laughs> say that, that coming out of a fucking drain pipe? The kipper tie cops it. It's Is that pretty, your silliest? It's bad. Is that your silliest? I mean... <sighs> It'd be up there. Little Nelly for you? Oh, this is a tough one. I mean... He does look dopey. The more I've thought yeah. about that, I'm like... That is dumb. Dumb. <laughs> it's like dumb for the 60s. He doesn't need that helmet. He yeah. does not need that yeah, helmet. something about the helmet in there. And uh. it, it's hard, like, pinpointing his best moment, but I would kind of motion to say mm-hmm. that his best moment is actually when he's doing his best work. In the sense that, like, yeah. when he's, like... Uh, do I have an example? I don't know. I like watching Sean Connery detect. I like watching yeah. him get the lay of the land. I like watching him think. Oh. I think he does that really, really well. Mm. I've got my favourite Sean moment. Oh, yeah. It's a bit of a cliche, actually. Huh. Well, that's fitting. But it Whoa. was in the first film Did we, you e- we ever saw no. in the franchise. What? Yeah, Dr. No. That's a Smith & Wesson. Oh, yeah. And you've had your six. Boom, boom, boom. That is brilliant. You love that one. I love that moment. Mm. And there was an element in Thunderball today when um, the bandaged-faced guy is, like, looking in the room Mm. at Shrublands and Bond is hiding behind the door. Ready to kill him. And you just see Connery go cold. Mm. I'm like, ooh, ooh, that's killer. That's killer Bond. That's Killer Bond, and I love it. <laughs> <laughs> you do love that about him, don't you? And you yes. do love that about Bond. Yeah, that, I that think, and I think that's, that's something that Craig and Connery uh, do so bloody well is that he can be on a dime, instantly charismatic, and then instantly cold killer. Mm. Mm. There's something about him where we, we were talking about it with that line of I take a ridiculous pleasure in what I eat and drink. Yes. It's a man who knows his time is up. He's not gonna he's not gonna live past fifty. Most double O's in the books are retired at like forty five, I think is the age. So yeah. it's a short life. He's he's gonna take all the pleasure he can and he's gonna fight to stay alive. Mm. What other man could be? a fucking secret agent with a license to kill apart from that and it's made the the that kind of darkness and and also the balance of the of the charm and the dark is made even more impressive when you kind of watch Brosnan not be able to do it mm. like Brosnan gets close he has some cold moments 
Um, and they're but they're good instead of cold. They're cool. Yeah. <laughs> or if they're dark, they're kind of gritted teeth, forceful darkness. Uh, he's got look when he kills Electra. Um, when he lets go of Alec Trevelyan, and mm. you know, for England, James, no, for me, they're great little moments. But imagine them in the hands of Connery or Craig. Mm. Chef's kiss. <laughs> <laughs> I think some of the things that Sean does really, really well, and I, I can think of one specific example because I saw it here in Thunderball, and I'm trying to think of the other film where I see it as well. And I don't know how rehearsed they are, but to me, when I see them, I just kind of get a glimpse of how generous an actor he is because it's it feels so spontaneous and just reactionary, which for me illuminates the fact that he is James Bond because he just has this sense of this lived-in quality. And it's the moment that I saw tonight... In Thunderball was when he and Largo are uh, clay pigeon shooting off the back of oh, his. Oh, that's such a good moment. Uh, resort mm. sort of, well, and it looks terribly difficult, doesn't it? That's right. That's right. And oh, no, it isn't. I think it's that moment, and the shotgun gets turned around and pointed oh, at, at him, him, and he and Sean kind very of very calmly, very calmly, and sort of you know subconsciously almost. Yeah, like almost recalling his training of going. Mm. That's a gun pointed at me. Yeah. I'm going to get that out of the way. Just those little moments make me go. Only James Bond would do that. Yeah. You are James Bond because that kind of it was just so. And his eyes glance down to see if the fingers on the trigger, and it's all in that split second reaction. It's. I love it's those great little stuff. moments. It's great. It just stuff. really makes me believe him. Yeah, and I think it's one of the. Re- biggest redeeming qualities and I think it's one of the biggest things that's called me back to Connery because I see little moments like that and go nobody does it better yeah well boys you haven't given Connery a rating overall look I did mine mm, you about did 20 minutes ago a little while back <laughs> I'm going to say 9 shake yep. a 9 I'm going to say 9 he'd be a 10 if it weren't for the kind of dated kind of the little those sexist moments yeah. The, those moments where it's and like... And some of the sillier moments that he suffers. In. Yeah, the racist Japanese, turning Japanese. When he takes his foot off the accelerator every now and then. Yeah, you, you know, go, yeah, 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 come on, yeah, come on, yeah, come on. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Mm. yeah, I would say nine. I yeah. would say nine. Interesting, interesting. Over if the... Pierce is a ten for you, is what, Pierce where does a ten this... for you? I don't know if he is. Well, yeah. I, I was joking. I certainly hope he's not. Well, you don't know yet. <laughs> We well, we've wrapped him we've up. Wrapped we should him probably up. We should have done this. We've wrapped him up, but we haven't we'll have rated We'll have to say this for the rankings. Yeah, we're going to have to we've do this for a ranking. We'll be going right back and taking a deeper dive into our, into well, this, our personal this, this is a teaser for what one of our ranking episodes yeah, is going to yeah, be yeah. like. So Pack the boxing gloves, folks. It's yeah, going to get nasty. It sure is. Um, look, taking everything into consideration, not as, just... As these, you should. These, as you are want to do. Yes, yes. Not just the past two fantastic films we've seen. Mm-hmm. There are some problems. We really did finish on the two best fucking films we could have. Absolutely. Angry. <laughs> My apologies. <laughs> he feels very passionately about this. Um, oh, I've just got to trust my gut, I think. Say it. He's a nine. Was that so hard? <laughs> <laughs> he is a nine. He No, he is a nine. Even with... 
even with Goldfinger and even with Diamonds, and as you say, even with the problems in You Only Live Twice. Yes. Yes. Um, <laughs> yes. <laughs> he's incredibly stylish. He's incredibly witty. He's incredibly capable. Are these are they telling you that, are they? They are. The films, I'm looking back and forth at <laughs> the VHSs and they're speaking to me. He's this, he's that, he's this. Say it, say it. Kill them. <laughs> I will, I will. Just give me a moment. Um, no, he's a nine. He's a nine? Yep. Mm. Where the rest of the gentlemen sit, I don't know, but it's going to be a pretty tough fight for the top. Two I can't now. wait for these rankings videos. We're so close. Can, can one of our Bond actors actually be a ten? I don't know. We'll have to wait and see. Yes. Yes. <gasps> oh, look at look at come on. We haven't even started watching him yet, so <laughs> and I'm already sure <laughs> the Craigie Boy's perfect. It doesn't get any better. Uh, you think you love these guys? Mm, look, mate, oh, I'm baby. ready to get to Craig because I got some misgivings about all. Oh, oh no, shots he's fired. Perfect. He's perfect. <laughs> he's perfect. Um, all right, we did briefly touch on it. We didn't mind Morris's work in the title sequence. That's pretty good. Yeah, not bad. Not bad. Uh, good try, Morris. Some of your best, man. Yeah. Well, um, what did you think about the song? Loved it. Loved it. Mr. Tom Jones. Why didn't they get him back for yes. more? Yeah, strange that. Wow. He's got he such a it. great voice. Yeah. The male perspective, you know, if that's where your lyrics are sort of coming from, get Tom Jones in. Absolutely. Banger. A bang, banger, indeed. Yeah, yeah. One of my favourites. And a brassy bassy banger. Absolutely. Oh, it is. Yeah, definitely yeah, a brassy bassy. Mm. Um, funnily enough, it was a very last minute choice to get yeah. Tom Jones in and for that to be the song. Wow. Really? It was meant to be Shirley Bassey singing Kiss Kiss Bang Bang, oh. which you can hear uh, playing in the score when he goes to the Kiss Kiss, Kiss, Kiss Club. Kiss Club. Oh. Oh. I saw you that. You can hear, hear it at the top. But when they recorded it, the producers and Barry went, Bassie's voice isn't up to scratch. Ooh, it's not strong enough. She wouldn't have liked hearing that. She didn't like hearing that. Mm-hmm. They, got Dion, they got Dion Warwick to oh. come in to record the, the, uh, another version, which they would use still in the film. Say a little prayer for you. Bassie mm. got wind of that oh. and threatened to sue them. <gasps> and so they went, oh, fuck Bassie. this. Fuck this. We'll just we'll do another song. So they got Barry wrote another song with Don Black doing the lyrics. Barry, what They're a bloody legend! He's like, oh, now I've got to turn out another song. And then he writes the fucking Thunderball theme all through the film. Yep, yeah, works it in. Brilliant. He's a genius. He's a master. He's a genius, and I think his score in this is very, very good. Yeah, mm. very good. That sneaky Bond music that he plays. Ooh, it's ooh, pretty constant. Ooh, it's ooh, nice. Ooh, it's lovely. Mm. Yeah, I've got to say, the score <laughs> in this... <laughs> the score in this one was very nice. Yeah. Very top yeah, notch. Really That's good, good too, because you usually you're like, no, I don't Little really invisible on the, scores. the score yeah, as much. Yeah. But yeah. this one was... It's kind of front and centre. It and is. Moves moves the story along quite a bit too, and it tells mm. most of the story. Yeah, yeah. True. There's there's not a huge amount of dialogue heavy scenes in this film. Mm. It is very action yeah. based. Not so much. Let's sit down and talk about it. Yeah, there's a lot of movement and color. A lot of doing. A lot of momentum. Very true. Very very true. Mm. Um, our villain, Emilio Lago, number two, number two, and I'll say this. I think he's my number two villain. Ooh. Oh, I thought you were going to make a shit-based pun. N- no, 
No, I've got and more class than number that. two. Yeah. Absolutely not. I uh, think he is my flush him down the toilet. Two. Is what I thought you were going to say. Yeah. Stop now. He's he's a turd. Yeah, it's mm-hmm. a bit tasteless. A bit tasteless. Yeah. Mm. You've done better. You've done better. <laughs> I'll do worse. <laughs> <laughs> we're counting on it. We're prepared for it. Yeah, Jake. Look, I was pretty impressed by this guy. Yep. I, he just came out of nowhere. Yeah, for really me. blindsided me. Really blindsided really? me. I didn't think when he first came into the film that he was going to be the main villain. And then I didn't even think that he was the main villain when we're in the scene with, obviously, with Mr. Uh, Blofeld. Mm, um, but then he really becomes the villain. And he rolls his sleeves up. Oh, he get straight in. Oh, he gets in there. He's constantly he? leading the charge. Well, mm. we. I don't know. But that, to me, I don't know if I a paycheck would... would get me over the line with doing some of the nefarious dealings that these Bond villains ask you for. Yeah. If I see my Bond villain leader get in front of in me there. getting his hands in there reaching, feeling in there for some, <laughs> yeah. Some pay dirt. Some pay dirt. <laughs> I'm, I'm with him. I'm doing it too. Can I ask? Yep. Did you feel the same? Is that what you wanted to ask? Jake, yeah. It seemed like you were going to a bigger question. Yeah, I am going to a big question. Did you feel the same? About number two? Yeah. Did you think him getting his hands in and all that is good? I don't know. This, this is, is a bit going I feel like I'm walking into a trap yeah, here. Mr. Like Spear, answer the question. <laughs> you should probably answer the question. I know exactly where he's going with yeah. this. Where am I going? He's going to reach, reach <laughs> in for another gonna, two or where, something. Yeah. Make a prediction, Mr. Spear, as to where I might <laughs> two be Two words, sir. Two words, Telly Savalas. Yes, Telly Savalas. <laughs> You're bloody right. Because you had a go at probably the best Blofeld that's ever existed in the go. series. No, 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 getting no. his hands in no, no. for bloody having a there's bit a of a difference. ski. There's a difference between having a ski... Having a bit of a ski with, with yellow a gun, goggles. With, with yellow a gun. Goggles. Excuse me, this guy's got a bloody pot belly and he's in a skin-tight wetsuit. <laughs> yeah, but he's, you know... Yeah... But when he puts that blazer on with no shirt underneath... Oh, come on. Wow, we wouldn't see Telly doing that, would you? But Telly said... Look. (laughs) (laughs) We are not here to discuss the fashion. (laughs) You brought him up, mate. I'm not here to talk about the fashion of the the bloody Bond villains. I'm getting down to the nub of this. The personalities. Because it was the second goddamn film that we reviewed and you were too bloody hard on him. And I feel like you didn't really like Donald Pleasance. You're doing this despite me. You don't... No one could possibly like Donald Pleasance as Blofeld. He's... Where is he? He's so dumb. It's so oh, dumb. I like Donald Pleasant's Blofeld. Yeah, he wasn't yeah, too many good. Yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> you dirty, dirty devils. <laughs> I loved him. I loved Number him. Number two. Yeah. He wasn't doing no. any stupid mwahaharing, <laughs> you know? No, not a mustache. Telly Savalas. Telly Savalas. When I think of Telly Savalas, I think of an old bald man riding down a cliff with a cat on some skis he going didn't have a... <laughs> he didn't, never did that that's, that's Donald Pleasant that's what's in my mind's eye Brandon <laughs> maybe we have to rewatch that <laughs> we've got to go back to the he's start. got brain wa- he's brainwashing people oh his plot's silly Come on. sure well but his uh, his motivations but are silly look, I will agree with you <laughs> that Emilio Lago he's pretty damn good yeah, yeah. he's pretty damn not good not bad huh He's pretty. He's pretty good. good. I felt a uh, a gravitas from mm. him that I think warranted kind of 
you know, fear amongst his kind of... I think he did Hugo Drax better than Hugo Drax does. Oh, he's definitely above Hugo Drax. Is he above Strongbird? Yes. Thank you. Yes, is he? Is. Yep, I had that realisation during the screening. I actually, since Moonraker, Stromberg has gone down in my estimation. Mm, I felt that. You're just you. doing that to spite me. No, no. <laughs> because Drax and Stromberg are the same thing. And what you were saying about Drax, mm. I then started to go, fuck, a lot of that applies to Stromberg too. Mm. Maybe, maybe I'd, that he's a bit too like, doesn't really do anything. Yeah, yeah, right. He's too controlled and measured and then... He's dead. Yeah. I was like, damn it, that's what happens to fucking Stromberg. Mm. Plus the fact that Moonraker is just a discount version of Spy Who Loved Me in Space. It is true. God, I found another one to dump on, haven't I? No, here he goes. No, no. (laughs) Don't let me talk. Just keep going. Look, I think second to Electra, he is... Second to Electra, the greatest. Mm. Mm. I don't know if I. Second to Electra. Yeah. So Electra's your number one. She's probably my number one. I think one. she's got. <clears throat> I don't know where I sat when we actually broke down, when we had this conversation, I think during that episode. Yeah, well, um, not enough. Yeah. Check it out on iTunes, Spotify, I'll Stitcher. To... <laughs> I, I think I will, so I can refresh my, <laughs> yeah. my memory. Because I don't know whether she, I put her at the top, but. Uh, she she is now a very complex character, uh, maniacal villain, but very real, very real. Mm. But this fella here, Emilio, what is it? What is it that puts him so highly? Yeah, I don't know if I'm quite with you on that. I really, think he's very. Good. I really love him. I really like him. A, I don't know if a, he's on the top tier. He's list. not a top for me. Interesting. Mm. Interesting. Mm. I think he's not a bottom. That's for sure. <laughs> What? Even though his name's number two. Oh, wait! Oh, oh, there oh, oh, there we go. Thank you, Mother for the Rabbits. There, here yeah, we go. Yeah. Uh, I, I, the, the second I saw him, the second I saw him, he... The very second. The very second. Hmm. The, the eye patch. The big coat. The, the coat. The with, hook nose. With the, yeah. you know, with the arms, not in the sleeves. Kind of oh, thing. And he walked so into cool. the, uh, the office. Sorry, you can't park here. Oh, oh, Mr. Largo. Oh. Yeah, yeah, the reputation. Terrifying. Um, yeah, he carried a kind of weight and gravitas. He demanded our respect. And I think that sort of permeated throughout the whole film. I like the fact that he got down and dirty. Shut up, Brandon. Um, I thought... What are you going to say? <laughs> Jesus, you're mean to me. No. I don't want to give any more air time to Telly Savalas. Um, Telly Savalas, well, there's a villain that I'd love to... Actually, maybe he's my number one. Um, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know what it was. Convincing argument. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> you just liked him. I just liked him. He's he had, great. He, had he is class. very good. Look, you know, the, the whole kind of... He's a conversationalist. He, There were... This sort of thing that Brandon, you were talking about with um, uh, Scaramanga. Yes. That class and sophistication. I wouldn't say that... An almost amicable relationship between Bond and Largo as well. Yeah, in a way. Like when they're talking about, oh, that's your boat. Uh, What's that get? 15 knots? Oh, 
no, it gets more than that. Yeah. Like, oh, you know, a bit about shooting. Even Bond's little quips about, like, guns and women and all that kind of stuff yeah. when they're kind of hovering around the pool and no Bond guns. looks back at Domino. And I was watching Largo watch Bond and there's this, like, element of... If you were on my side, I think we'd get along very well. Yeah, I love that cat and mouse between the two of them. Yeah. Mutual respect. Yeah. I really dug it. So did I. I really dug in. And I think... Look, I don't know. The eye patch did a lot for me. (laughs) The eye patch. The eye patch did. He pulled it off really well. He dressed very well. He had great class about him. He felt savage. He scared me. He was a scary... You're scared. You're going to have bad dreams tonight, mate. Yeah. There'll there'll be some nightmares. Just call us. Yeah. Sure. Yeah. Well, not me. I'll be asleep. Yeah, I'll be sleeping. <laughs> Very soundly. <laughs> As for the plot, yeah, they try to steal a couple of bombs. They hold America and England to ransom. Pretty simple stuff. Yeah. It's great. Bomb classic spy shit. Find the bombs. That's right. And does he? <laughs> you bluff, oh, betcha. Yeah. <laughs> They're only in an underwater yeah. cave. He's only gone and gone and found it. <laughs> he only shoots a shark. <laughs> to oh find yeah, we don't want to talk about it. Mm. Ah. <laughs> By my count, three. three. Three? Three sharks. were killed in the making of this picture. At least that's what we see on screen. Yeah. yeah. We don't know what happens to the one that cuts its lip on the net. Well, I think that one comes back because there's a shot that? of it, uh, another shark later, which has very it's similar blood- kind of... Um, cut. What cut. are they called? Lacerations on its... Uh, that's the mouth. fancy name. And it's uh, it's shark part. The mouth. <laughs> the bitey part, yeah. Right. The, the, the teeth cabinet. Yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> um, Lacerations <laughs> on his teeth cabinet. <laughs> um, there are really only two locations in this film. Bahamas. 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 <laughs> and Shrublands in London. London. Shrublands? Yeah, the health spa. Oh, right. Mm. Is that a real health spa? It's not a real health spa. The building still exists, but they've painted it some kind of gauche purple. So Bo- Bond colour. is there, he's just chillaxing. Yes. In the novel, he's been sent there um, by M after, I think, after From Russia with Love. Really? It might be after From Russia with Love. Oh, I can't remember. Um, because he gets. Stabbed by Rosa Klebb's shoe. Ah, In the book, he actually gets cut by it and the poison goes through him. And he recovers from it. But when he's being assessed by the doctors, they go, you're not living very well. You need to cut the cigarettes. You need to start eating better. He goes to rehab. He essentially, yeah, goes to rehab. And it's this this wellness clinic where they, they feed him like vegetable broth and, you know hot water with an orange slice and he has to exercise and he gets the massages from Patricia Fearing which is the the doctor that you know the physician or whatever she is in mm. in this um, because he's got that massive bruise down his back he is there to the yes which is from the pre-title right? sequence yeah, yeah, yeah the widow um, yeah joke which is the only tie to the pre-title sequence I guess but yeah I think He's probably been sent there by MI6 just for a checkup. Hmm. Get better. Because when he calls, Money Penny's like, uh uh uh, 
you're not on active duty. You can you can save this until you're back on, you know, the roster, J- Jimmy boy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Mm. I think this plot is one of those classic James Bond plots where it's just I thought the we were talking about ma- locations. No, no we're talking about, talking about plot. plot. plot we're man. talking about I'm talking plot. about the two locations. Trouble oh, yeah, Bahamas. we got to that. But we we, fucking ha- jumped we didn't this. put a cap on, po- on the plot. We never discussed the plot. We got distracted oh, by Brandon's nonsense about shark it. teeth cabinets. <laughs> That's not nonsense. <laughs> and Telly Savalas is a good <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> I'm going to do... I'm going to download a, a bloody MP4 file of... You didn't hear it here. Of... On Her Majesty's. No, I'll lend you one of my multiple copies of it. No, no, no. I need to edit it. I'm going to edit together a supercut of just Telly Savalas' scenes. And we're going to determine once and for all whether he's a little piece of whiny shit oh, or whether no. he's a real high-stakes villain. You've been beaten to it. It's already on YouTube. We'll, uh, we'll watch it. We'll watch it. He'll go there. Well, I'll, I'll all right. go there. All I right. will make that a bonus episode of the podcast <laughs> if I have to. <laughs> I You're going to defend Telly. I will defend... His name's Telly. Who loves you, baby? Kojak. Huh? Which was Telly Savalas. You don't even know. It was his most famous role. He was Kojak uh, on not, television. I'm not exploring his oeuvre with oh, you, Brandon. Well, no, we no. bloody are. We're here to talk about the plot. <laughs> <laughs> what did you want to get off your chest what about What do you want to talk mate? about the plot? I think that it's one of those classic James Bond plots. Where it is where it's just that. the right amount of... Logic and information. Logic and information? It, yeah. You think there's just enough... For me just to go enough along with to it. make it kind of convoluted enough to trick you into thinking this is quite dense. Yeah, and I didn't have to pay too much attention yeah, to it. Kind of yeah, the bad it. guys stealing atomic weapon, weapons. 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 <laughs> weapons. 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 That's all I need to know. Sure. And then yeah. let's get to the pretty locations and start shooting each other underwater. Okay. Right. Well, that's inside Jake Spears' mind. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> you don't. You don't want to go in. There. You don't want to go in there. I loved it. You loved the plot. Yeah. What about you? Do you Great. feel good on the plot? Yeah, it's fine. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I already said that I thought it was fine. I'm trying to put a cap to it. Will you let me? All right. Can we? So we can move on from it. <laughs> Come on, every time we talk about a, 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 a subject and we say that it's just fine, that's normally a negative thing. No, it's yeah. a good plot. Well, you think the plot wasn't given enough credit? It's simple enough. It's simple enough. <laughs> that's It's classic. Yeah, it's a classic, classic. mon plot. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. The baddies have got something. Yep. We need it back. They're threatening the us. The hostage taking. There's a, a time bomb. Mm. Time pressure. Motion to sign off on the plot. Cap? Seconded. Righto. you got to say thirded. Thirded. Yeah. All right, great. Under duress. <laughs> mm, all right. <laughs> won't hold up and go. <laughs> um, well, We've got audio, Jake. We're Shall here we? to talk about locations. <laughs> now. Well, it's just the two. <laughs> Why don't you explain the two that I've just gone on? Please, what are those two locations, Jake? Hey, where was that place where we got to see all of the double O's lined up in big chairs together and that massive map was there? Oh, yeah. MI6. And and MI6. But that's not the Where is that room in MI6? It's grand ballroom. With What's off the other way? Massive chandelier. It was very... Um, Pretty. Extravagant. Mm, government, I loved it. Government that money, was tax good, money. A few extra interiors. I also Female liked... double O, too. Did you notice? Yep. No, I didn't. No, I didn't. Mm. Same in the world is not enough. There's a single female. What number? 
Ooh, three or four. Ooh. I said three. Oh, okay. <laughs> okay. All right. Hey, so there's three. a female double O in Fact the die. There is. Yeah, there is. Mm. Her name? Double O seven. Lashana Lynch. Well, that's the actress. Know me. Know me. Is she double O seven? Do you is know she me? Double O one. You don't know me. Ooh. Oh. We'll see. Yeah. We'll see. But I will fact check you, Brandon. Yeah, please. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think she's double O three. Okay. I think she's double O four. Do you? Mm-hmm. All right. All right. <laughs> it's a wager. <laughs> it's on. What you were going to talk about some of the other interiors, uh, locations slash sets. Yes, I was going to talk about the slash sets. Yeah. Um, I thought a great slash set was the. Oh yes. I pointed it out and I said, "Boys, remember this because this is my." Yeah, favorite. yeah, 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 yeah. Felix mm. and that whole contingent in that uh, kind of uh, old shack. shack. Yeah. Oh, yeah, shack. where yeah, we meet yeah, Q. Yeah, very Dr. Yeah. No. Yeah. yeah, where we meet Q. Yeah, very Dr. No. Very Dr. Shades no. of Quarrel. Yes. Yeah, yeah. Yes, I love that. Underneath Pussfella's Bar. Pussfella's? That was bit. the guy's name, yeah. Quarrel's yeah. friend, Pussfella. Pussfella? Pussfella. Oh, God, I blacked that one out yeah. of mine. He fought the octopus. Mm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All right, moving on. Um, (laughs) I got glimpses of the caviar factory a little bit some of those big industrial sort of hanging hooks and the timber and the the, yeah the makeshift sort of uh, industrial element to it Mm. any other notable I didn't get that didn't you (laughs) I'll just say okay (laughs) but for no reason other than to disagree with you well back it up (laughs) Um, too small it's only a small little place yeah I just didn't get any caviar factory out of it but um, I'm, I'm not willing to die on this hill. <laughs> I love the fact that we see James gambling. There's oh, a good yes, little there's casino. A casino. Yes. Mm. That would be the only time that I think the, uh, the dialogue is a little too written for me. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, oh, the the spectre of defeat. Yes. Yes, we get it. Yeah. Inspector. They say the word spectre like five times. In that exchange. It's, it's a, bit, a bit obvious yeah, for me. Yeah. It's a bit too much. Yeah. Fickle, fickle. Yeah. yeah, but it's still a really beautifully photographed scene. I love seeing Bond playing Baccarat. Mm. Um, Domino looks the business mm. behind Largo like that. Like, I could not take my eyes off her mm. when she was on screen. Mm. She is ridiculously, stunningly beautiful. Domino is my number one. Yeah, yeah, she's... She's my number one. I don't know if she's my number one in terms of character, but she... I was... Yeah, it was like an instant schoolboy crush Mm. when Mm. she came on screen. I was like, oh my God, who is that? Mm. Timeless beauty. Completely. Like, she could step out of that film in today's world and... Take your breath away. Yeah, she's still... The thing, yeah, mm. yeah. The Put her on the cover of every magazine. Yeah, people like... buy magazines anymore. No, no, no I do. No. I just bought Empire. Oh, oh. yeah, had a James Bond thing oh, that's in right. it. Nah, mm. yeah, it's only when Bond movies come out that I buy magazines. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, I I love the setting of the Bahamas, and I love Palmyra. Or Palmyra, however you say it. The um, the estate that Largo has. Oh, I think it's yeah. beautiful. And yeah. the fact that it's run down and abandoned now, I just think is a real shame. Oh, really? Because what a beautiful part of the world. Yeah. And you've got that place there. 
Mm. How has no millionaire snapped that up? I know. It's a bond. It's a bloody bond location. Jesus Christ. Elon, what are you doing? Come on. (laughs) I mean, Shark Tank, do I say any more? Yes, Shark Pool. Maybe elaborate a little bit. It's got a... I mean, it's a great Bond trope. Where the shark, there's a lot of sharks in Bond lore. There is, isn't there? There is. We it's got a, it in this, and then in You Only Live Twice. And Live and Or is die? that Piranhas? No, I mean, You Only piranhas Live Twice in as... You Only Live Twice. I think she... Fa- yeah, she falls into the Piranha into Pit pool. of Piranhas, yes. Uh, Kananga has... has crocodile. No, he has a shark. And a shark at yeah, the end at when the end. it becomes a balloon. Yes, yes that's right. Sure, it becomes a balloon. Yeah. Um, There's more. Oh, than that. License to Kill. License to Kill. License to Kill has got sharks. Um, uh, the Spy Who Loved Me. There's lots of sharks. Oh, in yes, it. yes. Stromberg drops the, yep. the receptionist oh, of down yeah, there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was you um, who betrayed me. Oh, yeah, in the elevator. That might be. That might be it. There's a few. Mm. Are there mm. any sharks in the crates? New. We need one. Yeah. We might get one. Get on the phone to Kerry. Come on. There's still time. Hello, Mr. Fuganaga. Put it in there. Reshoots, please. We want sharks. (laughs) Yes, please. Um, Drifting into vehicles of maybe a little bit, but one of my favourite sets slash locations was the boat. The Disco Volante. The Disco Volante. What did you like about it? It had good lines. Oh, it was a beautiful looking boat. I mm. loved that it. it had a steam smokestack as well. Did it? Cut. Yeah, big oh, central wow. one with a bit of yellow on it. Oh. beautiful long bow there. I love it, love it, love mm. it. Love and it. it jettisons its back end. Oh it does. yeah, isn't that a bloody contraption? And it has a, a, a trap door entry. Yes, yeah, yeah. Yes. under the bottom of the hull there to mm. kind of let those guys travel in and out. Pretty cool. Mm. Jeez, it goes fast though, too, yeah, doesn't not it? Bad. Oh. Not bad. It's hard to steer. <laughs> yeah. Whoa. Whoa. But James Bond manages. He manages. <laughs> he manages. Yeah, yeah. Until he doesn't. Until he doesn't, and he jumps Has over to jump, jump off. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Mm. Can um, only do so much. That's a cool little vehicular moment, though. Mm-hmm. Is at the very end when they get bloody picked up by the skyhook. Oh, yeah, skyhook was mm. brilliant. Ooh, I think wee. the whiplash would have killed them. No, well, <laughs> no, because they do that for real. That's they That's they evacuate. Yeah, they evacuate and they evacuate people like that all the time. The Navy SEALs and stuff like that. They send the balloons up, zoop, and they that go would up. Be some crazy whiplash. I yeah, can't imagine yeah. being overly comfortable. No, no it'd be horrible, mm. horrible. And Bond's really got to hold on to her because she's not in the harness. <laughs> <laughs> and she's yeah. having a chill old time. Yeah, Jesus. she seems pretty relaxed. Relaxing, <laughs> right? <laughs> Ragdolling behind, <laughs> Jesus Christ! You'd want to trust Bond. Oh. But fair, fair few vehicles, mostly nautical, weren't they? Mm. Oh, yeah, yeah, the only land vehicle I can think of really is um, the one that Fiona Volpe, the Blue Mustang. Yeah. What the... about the old DB? Yes, that's right. The DB's in this. DB's there. It doesn't really figure for me the DB in this. Mm. Forget The Mustang's very nice. The Mustang is lovely. It's lovely. Mm. It goes fast too. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. 100, 100 miles an hour. She's yeah. zooming. On yeah. a bloody dirt road. road like that. Mm. No, thank you. Crazy. It's a um, great little scene. Bond's, Bond's car that he turns up to Emilio's place in is quite nice too. It's a... It's a, a convertible? It's a... I don't no. think it's convertible, but it is a soft top, mm. I think. And it's a kind of lighter well, blue as well. When they meet for lunch. 
When he turns up for lunch. Yeah, it's not a Mustang. He turns mm. up in a car, does he? I yeah. thought he got dropped off. No, he drives in. Oh. I think one of my favourite vehicles, uh, points for creativity, was the amphibious... Uh, oh, the underwater, like the underwater, the orange uh, thing, orange thing that takes the, the bomb transport. The bomb, yeah. yeah, that was cool. Looked like a stingray sort of yeah, thing. Yeah, kind mm. of modelled on that big old manta ray. Mm, manta ray, mm. not bad. And some of those smaller little, uh, those little sort of one man. Yeah, kind yeah. Of, I want to oh, drive one of those. Yeah, I reckon that'd be fun. Mm. Did you, uh, did you think this was a good mix in terms of the gadgets? Because I know you're big on them, Jake. Yeah, you love your gadget. You yeah, say your little gadget boy. Your yeah, gadget boy. I do love them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. No, I did. I thought it was a good. I thought it was a good balance. I thought it was one of our best cue scenes. It was certainly. So, so I reckon it's probably the best cue scene that uh, Connery has. Yeah, for sure. That was so fun. It was hilarious. Beautiful relationship. Um, and I think the gadgets that are handed over are very practical. They're stylish. Yeah, what do we got? The Geiger counter camera. Geiger counter watch, Geiger counter camera, Geiger counter uh, celery sticks. (laughs) That's right. Um, There's also uh, that infrared. The camera goes... Excuse me, I'm just getting comfortable. Just getting relaxed. Um, The uh, camera goes infrared. It goes infrared. And can take underwater Underwater nighttime In the dark, Mm. underwater. Mm, That's pretty cutting edge. Underwater infrared camera. Underwater infrared and I would say the most impressive gadget is uh, the toupee that Connery, that Connery wears, wears that stays on underwater the whole time. Yeah, that's, the whole time. I it's was not, very impressive. I was not drawn attention to his hair one second in no. this. The only thing that, that drew my attention to it was that I was like, Christ, his hair's thick in this. <laughs> <laughs> and then I was like, oh... Now we're in toupee land. <laughs> yeah, right, right, right. No, it um, I think one of the uh, most critical gadgets was the miniature breather. Yes, very yeah. cool. Which um, which are kind they, of standard breathers nowadays. <laughs> well, the producers were approached by oh, I can't remember who it was. It was like the CIA or. Maybe the army or somewhat some government agency from the U.S. contacted the producers after this film came out and went, "How'd you do that? Can we see the plans on how you did the the rebreather?" And the production designers had to be like, "It's literally just a cigar case with a <laughs> mouthpiece on it. We didn't actually make it." But that was the thing. They maybe were like, they looked at them, "Maybe they made it for real because." We could use that. It the and the Bond films were known for doing these things for real. So they were like, "Fuck!" If they've made that work, which n- no, no. <laughs> like wow, God, right? But yeah, apparently, maybe that's the US a, Army folks. Maybe that's a tall story. Maybe that might be Peter Lamont or Ken Adams kind of you stretching know, it a bit, stretching yeah, yeah. the truth for a good pub story. But <laughs> yeah, yeah, apparently that would happened. be interesting. You have that kind of conversation between, you know, future tech and reality and mm, yep. the movies influencing future tech. reality. Yeah, yeah. future tech and yeah. stuff. What did you think of Miss Fiona Volpe? Uh, she was... Bond villain. Bond villain. Villainess. She was pretty cool, man. I loved her. Yeah. I really love her. I think that's a pretty terrific performance from her. Yeah. Me too. She's seductive. She's mm. grounded. She's pretty damn ruthless. Even. And I, I love the she two in turn. 
doesn't no, turn. No, it doesn't. No. And I love that moment that you pointed out mm. that, uh, that it seems like they're referring back to what happened with, with Pussy Galore. Pussy Galore, yeah. And the fact that she says, no, 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 it's not going to happen this time. Yeah, not yeah. Not with me. This one doesn't hear heavenly choirs, yeah. Mr. Barnes. Oh, I love that. And I love the tension between her and Largo. When yes. they're shooting the clay targets and, and they're having that kind of catty moment between the two of them, you know back and forth back and forth that all is not well within the bad guy yeah she gives him a bit of a dressing down being like if you had killed Bond on his drive in yeah then the English would have known the bombs were here you fucking idiot bang shoots the shotgun like I love that little moment and it's this nice little way of going she doesn't work for him Mm. Mm. they both work for Spectre yeah She'd be vying for his position. Yeah. Yeah, you can't get that sense of like, all right, I want to be number two. Yeah. Thank you. Get me on that panel. Pretty good death too, I think. That that oh, the yeah. dance yeah, off dance. between them. Dancing. Yeah. Good way to go. Dispatch. Yeah. yeah. I love the moment which is in the bar. And oh. <laughs> she asks Hand me something to put on. Can you give me something to put on. And he hands her the shoes. <laughs> the look she gives him. She's a really great actress. She I is. Think, yeah. 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 Beautiful, but great actress. Yeah. She really made a great job of that part. Yeah. I think all the, the female actors in this really are strong. really bloody strong. Mm. Yeah. Like Domino, Claudine Auger. She does some extraordinary stuff. And I really hate that she's dubbed. Mm. Yeah. Because watching her, I'm like... Some, there was a couple of moments where I was like... That on-screen performance yep. is better than Nikki Van Der Zeele's bloody dubbed Just line leave it alone. reading. Leave it alone. I want to hear what she was saying because I guarantee what was coming out of her mouth was still fucking good. Yeah, mm. and there were times where, and I do find this with some of the older films, the dubbing, it takes me out of it. Oh, they all sound like Honey Rider. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because yeah. it's Honey Rider. Yes, yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's right. That's yeah. right. Yeah, it detracts from their performance sometimes for me. It's when that stands out like that. I go, you're making them look like a worse actor than they are because yeah, the sinking's yeah. not right. Well, it's funny because Largo himself is dubbed he's as dubbed. well. Mm, is he? So. Yeah, yeah, he's dubbed. Moments. Dubbed as well, which I'm just I find Jeez, strange. ADR would have been a nightmare back in the day. Oh, so much. I know, work. I know. It's, it's crazy. They just kind of had this thing of we'll cast someone for a look and then. Get the other stuff we'll get, are they we'll getting get any location do. sound? Yes, because every time Bond speaks, you can tell that's on location sound. that's my thing, sound. because you're recording your location sound to get Connery's lines. What are mm. you doing in the Atmos track when you're overlaying her lines? Yeah, yeah, it must be a bloody nightmare. To, to me, well, there's no way to actually do it, not in 1965. You'd have to either commit to doing it all in post or commit to getting it all on the day. Who knows? Mm. I, I don't. I don't know. That'd be an interesting. Mm. One in in to the louder find scenes, out. anyway. Yes. Yeah. In the hotel rooms and stuff, you could probably record location yeah, sounds. Yeah, because it's all on pine wood, pretty That's much. That's exactly. Anyway. But when we're at Kiss Kiss Bang Bang, when we're in locations like that, and there's a bit of dialogue going on, I'd say that's all dubbed. Yeah, very well. Could be. Yeah. Mm. If they're dubbing one person, they would have, have to be to dubbing be. Otherwise, we'd hear it with our twenty twenty years. Yeah. yeah. Right. You know. Yeah, 2020 vision. Oh, Ooh. I said before this that this, uh, not before in the preamble, but during the uh, screening, that this was an Academy Award winning film. Yes. yes. Do you know what for? It Goldfinger <laughs> won the year before for, for best, best Sound. Right. Mm. 
I would give it to Best Sound again. Best Sound again? Really? Jake? Mm. Um, I'm going to say... Um, best... Huh, I don't know. Special effects. S- cinematography. No, best visual effects. Yeah. Ah. All the underwater stuff would have been pretty groundbreaking. That must be what it's for, yeah. isn't it? Yeah. Which I'm a bit like, isn't that a cinematography award? Uh, no. Because visual, visual effects, effects is like... What? No, because you probably... Because I think the visual effects aren't that great. Especially when you talk about underwater stuff. The, the underwater lights that are dance. on the horizon as the plane's crashing, I'm a bit like... It would have been, been difficult to light underwater. That's the cinematographer's job. Yeah. I think getting the camera down there... That's a visual effects that's thing? That's a visual effects oh, thing. Oh, okay. Maybe it, that's what in, it is. In then. the day, it would have been. Yeah. I think getting the camera down there, getting it housed and getting it an operational procedure in place to be able to get the shots you need and rely on some different elements, I think it would have been a very, yeah, visual effects terrain. Mm. Are the miniatures playing into that nomination and the yeah, award as well? Are, there's a few miniatures in it. Yeah, there the are a few, but, down, yeah, yeah. but not as many as... Most of We've this is done for, for real on location. Mm. Mm. Yeah, interesting. It's, it's Perhaps a, the harpoon, like a lot of the work with the oh, harpooning, true, you know, ah, the, yeah. true. underwater. And I mean, I'd give it just for that one where he fucking stabs the guy through, through the, the mask. Oh, oh, that was brutal, wasn't it? Breaking the mask <laughs> God, Rough yeah. Stuff. Um, do we have anything else to say about our, our, our Bond ladies? I think Fiona Volpe set the template for all the femme fatales in this. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Well, we even even mentioned... Zenia. Zenia. A bit of Zenia to her. My favourite delivery of hers is, do you think I'm wild, Mr. Bond, James Bond? (laughs) (laughs) God, that's so playful. Oh, I love it. Mr. Bond, James Bond. It's so, like, sexy and just (laughs) really dangerous. Yeah. Because you're just like, oh, you're so unhinged. (laughs) You're so unhinged. (laughs) No, she's brilliant. And Domino... I mean... Oh, knock your socks off. She's, she's what the poets would have written about. Yeah. Mm. She's Helen of Troy. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yep. Uh, just stunning. Bloody and marvelous. fantastic performance. I really wish that we could hear her actual voice. Mm. Mm. So one of my wishes for most of these early films is that there's no way that audio exists anymore. I'm sure they chucked it out on the day of the dubbing. But oh, even if they be... looked after it, would it have survived this time? Mm. Yeah, it, w- it would have been. It would be great to see the films with the actors' the actual original voices. voices. Would change them completely because iconic lines like "Or it Goldfingers" and that would be completely differently d- delivered because they're mm. all dubbed. Yeah, but uh, Christ, I just once. Mm. But we'll never have that pleasure. No. Um, our MI6 regulars. Yes. This is the most fiercely loyal I think we get to see Bernard Lee's M. Yeah, loyal to Bond. Mm. Yes. Mm. He Doesn't he defend him? He stands up to his own superior yes. for Bond. Yeah. I love that. Mm. So did I. Mm. He went up another rung yeah. for me, Bernard Lee. Yeah. I was like, Jesus Christ, there's so much to his character. Yeah. Bernard Lee's M is my favourite yeah, you mm. might be mine too. Crystal mm. Medi, <laughs> Judy. Yeah, Judy, I love you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he was fantastic. He's mm. brilliant. 
Money Penny gets a bit to do. She does. She does float around a bit in that room, doesn't she? And I find her lovably playful. Oh, yeah, she's beautiful. Yeah. I know it's kind of... She has my heart. Dated and there's an element of misogyny, but I liked watching her be a secretary. I like seeing so did Money I. Penny her doing a that's job. Her job. Doing yeah. her job. She doesn't yeah. just sit at the desk, but she's involved in those meetings going, here's this paperwork come through. So I like seeing that. that. When she's nice. just floating around the desk, yeah. when they're in the big meeting yeah, room, yeah. Yeah. that for me, and she's got a fucking fantastic costume on at that point. Oh, that too. is stunning. That that navy she blue. should wear more like Ooh, that because she looks fantastic. It really suits her. big cuffs, the shortened sleeve around That her. deep navy. Mm. Perfection. Mm, it's beautiful. On Lois Maxwell. Mm. Um, but yeah, watching her around the table, I was like, that's right. Money Penny has a fucking job to do. Yeah. And I bet you she's the best one in the service. Absolutely. She is the best at that job M's because assistant. she's M's assistant. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Like she is the best. Yeah. Mm. And she's quite high ranking within the Navy too. We see it when in Spy Who Loved Me when she's in her uniform. Yeah, mm. all the regalia. I think she's like a lieutenant or something like that. Mm. Oh man, I love Lois Maxwell. Definitely. Q, you did say it earlier. I agree with you. I think this is the best Q scene. Yeah. It's under it's undone a, just ever so slightly by bad cut. Oh, there's bad one bad there's one bad oh. cut in there. Yeah. When he says pay now pay attention 007. It's still on him and it's his mouth doesn't move. It's still on him and his mouth doesn't move. I I was trying oh, I didn't to even notice I was that. trying to instantly justify that as a, a little mini jump cut which they were doing around the time like progressing the scene forward. I don't think it was. But I don't think it was. Yeah. Oh, I, think it was yeah, I didn't yeah. see that. Wow, there you yeah. go. Yeah. It's it's just just uh, just pulls a little string for me, mm. but I think the scene is excellent. Yeah, I will um, say I think this is how you do Q in the field. Yes, yes. Because we don't get the random culturally ap- cultural oh, appropriation yeah. of that Q appropriation. That was yeah. born with Roger, and I think it died. No, it didn't die with Roger, did it? Came back in. Did it? No, uh, surely it did. Did Dalton get one? No, with Q no. branch traveling across Maybe the world. Maybe it's just more Q. Du- well, maybe a little bit. Dalton gets it in License to Kill with the. Um, you know. Uh, yes. Oh no, no, that's Living Daylights. I'm thinking. No, 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 no. It's License to Kill with Q, the the kind of driver. The the. Oh, and he's got the he's got the broom. Yeah, with yeah. The, and he's got the fake moustache on the yeah, side that's of the license road. To and, kill. License and he to chucks kill. it in the bush. It's like what the fuck? Is yeah, that? yeah, yeah. That's what taking is that dumb it shit. <laughs> <laughs> Toothpaste, bloody dentonite crap. No, I thought he was brilliant in this. That's really a fantastic great, dynamic great between the two of, of them. Yeah, because you—it's just a great bloody dynamic. As soon as he pops through the hatch, and Sean Connery's like, "Oh, oh here we go. no, oh, no. Yeah, oh, no. <laughs> it's like, oh, oh, I'm about no. to get a bollocking." Yeah, and him playing with the stuff and just purposely so like trying to piss the mess guy with off. Stuff. Yeah. Uh, Great. Such and a schoolboy. Well, yes. And that was something I got from Sean Connery in this quite a lot. I was like, oh, you're a you're a restless, fidgety teenager. Schoolboy. Boy. Yeah. Mm. There's that there. Which lends to that element of playfulness. I was definitely and, picking that oh. schoolboy essence up a lot in this movie too. That yeah. came into my head. I was like, there's Particularly in that Q scene the, yeah, where he's yeah. like He's yeah. just he's like constantly got like a bitten lip and like yeah, yeah, yeah. A bit yeah. naughty. class clown. Yeah, he's yeah. the class clown. Mm-hmm. 
It's great. Yeah, good to see the regulars. They did well. They I did. do think it's probably one of our worst Felixes, though. Oh, okay. boy. Yes. Yeah. I think so, too. It starts with the costumes. It's not good. Yeah, the dicky red caps and the... I don't know if it's paisley oh, the polo, or the polo bad pattern shirts. But, but it's not polo. Yeah, the weird pattern on the paisley crap. Yeah. No, he's, oh, not he's terrible. He's tied worst for me with uh, John Terry Henry, <laughs> who was in Living Daylights. Oh, <clears> yeah. <throat> and they're very similar. Mm. They they both piss me off for the same reasons. How are you? Why not just bring back Jack Lord? How are you bad an actor? <laughs> How are you that bad an actor and get cast in a multi-million dollar picture? Yeah. You know yeah. what I mean? Yeah. That's not just an incidental one-liner. No. James Bond's best friend. An established character. You get a it, week, week and a half on this thing. It feels like the producers purposefully cast someone who was nowhere near as cool as Connery. Yeah, there's that thing of like, well, you can't be Connery as good as Bond. Connery look good. No, no, no. Maybe there's a part of that. I don't know. Because... I'll say it. I don't think that character even needed to be Felix Slider. Yep. That could have just been anyone. Yeah. I mean, the way the guy plays it, it's not Felix Slider. Why would Bond respect that man? G- give. <laughs> well, that's right. Give all of those lines to to the other guy that's been following him around. That that's working in the. Oh, uh, Pinder. Yes. Pinder. Yeah, Pinder. Yes. Give it to him. Yeah. I mean, that whole thing you commented, Brandon, where like. The, the in the US Coast Guard helicopter and he's there going left no Le- no right yeah. right no put that device on the bloody dashboard so the pilot can see his it. job's done and get rid of it <laughs> why have a co-pilot if not to give directions no I know my goodness yeah that was yeah. no he's crap <clears throat> yeah. yeah Rick Van Nutter that was not in the gutter in the gutter yeah that's that's Rick that's Van right. Nutter I saw that name and I was that's he an unfortunate man. High billing too. He does. This is pretty much the only thing you'll ever see him in too. Right. He did a couple of other films, but he's really it. I this was, was it. Thunderball, you know. Okay, yeah. Grandpa. <laughs> <laughs> he must have made a bloody killing off it, though. This film made a lot of money. Yeah, mm. right. A lot of money. Highest grossing, as we know, until Skyfall. <laughs> uh, technically. Cinematography. Jake. Um, you know what? Uh, I was paying close attention to hmm. the use of the anamorphic lenses. Oh, and yeah. The fall away. Uh, if, you, if you're watching these uh, films along with us, folks, you'll notice hmm. the, blurred, um, the blurred lensing on the, uh, on the frame. The edge there. of frame. Mm. Yeah. Um, Marvellous. Hmm. Um, what did you think of Terence in this one? Terence in this one, I think Terence is probably at his best. I'm I'm the technical expert here, Dennis <laughs> Darby. Um, very courageous, very courageous director. Mm. I think he's mm. bold in his choices. Yeah. There's a level of assurance mm. in the camera mm. that's coming from him uh-huh. that sort of permeated throughout the film. Hmm. Hmm. Oh, no, I agree with you. Do you? Yeah. Yeah, okay. Hmm. All right. I would say he does what Guy Hamilton wants to do Ooh. in this film. This feels sure. like the type of film that Guy Hamilton, Hamilton is wanted. trying to make. Yeah. And Terence Young makes it in his sleep. Yeah. What, I, what I saw from Terence in this one was this desire to go bigger. 
but yeah. within his wheelhouse. Mm. Um, mm. I think I always get the feeling that that the producers have gone. It's going to be bigger. You have to do this. Mm. And Terence Young goes he rose to the challenge. All right, but I'm still going to tell the story. Yes. Mm. Whereas we're going to do this. The guy Hamilton way. ones get a little bit like, oh, spectacle. Let's focus on that spectacle yeah, for a little yeah. bit here. Mm. Oh, that's a funny character. Let's give him a couple more he's lines. A, he's a pretty complete filmmaker for the 60s. His understanding of sound as well that we oh, saw kind of shine through. Is amazing. Oh, my God. And, I mean, that's that's baked into the choice. Like, you know, the sound designer comes in and does an excellent job. It probably brings a whole new life to it. But you can tell that they are ba- those choices for the sound design kind of come out of what he's laid with his vision. Yes. You know, the, the way that... The, as the, the the plane's approaching the water and oh. it, the sound cuts out cuts and we just out. hear the crashing noise, that's Terence's choice. Mm. The way we hear mm. the, the 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 wheels hit the ground and go, you know, yeah. you can see that he's a he's a filmmaker really obsessed with detail. And I think yeah, he, he went from Doctor No. It's it's like when you watch his films, you see them build in complexity in terms of the amount of visual action that's happening on the screen, the amount of kind of story that he's balancing and everything like that. Mm. I think he was at his best in From Russia With Love, but I watch his three films, I'm like, oh, why didn't you do more? Yeah. I Uh, think that's my big thing. Yeah, Yeah. although I'm glad he didn't. I'm glad he didn't because there are none of the other ones where I'm like, I'm glad that he has three really perfect ones. Yeah. It's why I don't want Martin Campbell to come back. Ooh, right. Because I don't want that legacy tarnished either. But Leave imagine if he could be the man that does three bo- three different Bond actors. Just this, this too much time between the Bring first drink and the last. Bring him back. Oh, it's too much <laughs> No, it's me. every ten years. Oh, no, he's missed it now. Yeah, he's missed it now yeah, by, yeah. by a bit. Yeah. Um, I will say this, though. I was talking out my ass before because I was trying to take the piss out of Derby. No, it's all right. You, um, did. you took the piss out of me. I'm deeply offended. Great, great, great. Um, I, one of the things that stood out to me the most about Terence this time round was, and it does speak to his assurance, I think, uh, as a director. Yeah, well, that's right. The assurance that permeates through. The, yeah, 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 yeah. The the amount of time he gave us. Yeah. On things. That's what you know? sets so him that, apart. The patience of like, no, no, patience. we sat and watched those divers unfurl that netting mm. and. Pin it to because the sand. Because it was visual spectacle. It was really captivating. Yeah. yeah. Look how much time we're given just to sit in the world. And I think that's one of the great things that, that appears in the Connery fi- in, in the Connery films is particularly when Sean walks into a hotel room or something like that and he susses out the room. Mm. Like there's lots of little moments like that where we just... Terrence invented that. Yeah, that We only get him. that in the Terrence films yeah. too. Oh, really? That's his thing. I can't think of it in another... I think Roger had a bit. Maybe of, Roger lived. He might have had it in Live and Let Die. Yeah, a little bit. Of Live that. and Let Die for sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. definitely. Mm. But I really, I yeah, I love that. I really mm. appreciate that the mm. patience because when we get it, and I remember, I remember us getting it in um, the world is not enough with the ski sequence with Electra. Yes, on the snow, and we just kind of just. They weren't talking, and mm. we commented, you can tell that they're falling in love or that the relationship is growing, mm. and we're just given this time. Mm. I think that's a really important thing in the Bond films. It leans agree. into that cinematic magic of getting mm. swept away by the kind of idealistic romance of Bond. Mm. 
but it just I don't know it just lets the film breathe and it totally it's and it's the dream team of these early Bond films is Doctor No from Russia and Thunderball has Terence Young Peter Hunt Ted Moore John Barry yeah it's your dream team yeah. Ted Moore was a good I mean it was no I thought it was Gene someone in from Russia Jean might have been a actually you might be right actually, yeah with, I think uh, it was from Russia with Love it's a different one but mm. That even with that element, gone, yeah, yeah, just that you you watch the behind the scenes, like the making of the mm. way that like the way that everyone talks about it, they're just like Peter Hunt and Terence Young just got each other. Gotcha. Mm. Mm. What a partnership! And, and yeah, and you can see it in Honor Majesties when Peter becomes the director. You see, everything that he's been experimenting with as, as an editor, working on the stuff with Terence in those early great films. Mm. Honor Majesties is an extraordinarily fucking well made, put together film. I think so, absolutely. Yeah. Like, those and, two and it's for got me that are patience, those. It's yeah. got that heart, it's got that emotionality. Mm. Yeah. All There's the, something yeah. about the, that. Mm. And they lost, they never got any of them back. After Honor Majesties, because Peter was done with the franchise after oh, that. Cut they ties. never got him back. Who yeah. is his protege? John Glenn. Glenn. John Glenn. Who we also quite like. Mm. Mm. And I think there's an element that John Glenn is, is of that similar story. Carrying stall. the torch. Yeah. It's passed yeah. down. Mm. Mm. The stunts in this were very impressive. Yeah. The underwater sequences blew my mind. I don't. I don't know if anyone was killed on this or, he- or severely so. injured. <laughs> I hope, well, well, maybe severely injured. Well, I mean, <laughs> definitely not. Killed. I'm, I'm yes. surprised. I'm surprised <laughs> there isn't a common story that this was a massacre because the risk involved in having all of these yeah. people underwater, not just the cast, projectiles flying but the through crew the water too, that must be down there coordinating all of this and carrying those cameras and all that comes with that in this time period. Mm-hmm. You know. They're not they're not down there with compact digital cameras in no. you know you know, glossy cases and stuff. Oh, it would have been a nightmare. Oh a nightmare. God. Incredible. And I mean, yeah, that, that sky hook at the end. Mm. Marvellous. The fights, the fight, the hand to hand combat. Some of it I think one of the best hand to hand fights is on the boat at the end. Yeah. But it does drift into a bit of a naff tacky just 60s. for just for a little tiny bit. The rest of it's pretty amazing. That that and the uh, and the From Russia with Love Train fight. Mm. Mm. Uh, two fights that still hold up. Terence knows how to do it. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. Terence and Peter Hunt. It's yeah, those yeah, two. Yeah. You yeah. Know, yeah. I'll shoot it, you put it together, it's it's there. Exactly. It's just, mm. And the reveal magic. Domino's reveal. Oh, oh with the, the coming after, up the stairs. Oh, yeah. And that almost uncharacteristic musical sting that Barry puts in there. Mm. Like, that's almost not a Barry moment. It's that deep bass note of like, boom, bum, bum, bum. Oh, yeah, so yeah, bum, yeah. As she writes, it's like, wow, Classic. what are they? Classic. This is brilliant. Yeah. This is amazing. Yeah, the only thing I'd say is like, that done today, you would have cut to close up as she rose up the stairs or yeah, done something yeah, more yeah. style. You yes. know what I mean? It's mm. like that, that it's all there, just waiting to be further explored. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. yeah. yeah. It's a bloody good film. It's very good. Fuck, it's good. Um, style, outfit of the week. I know exactly what it is. Do it. It is Sean in his, I believe they're sort of tan slacks. 
and the black fitted short sleeve polo that he wears. I thought oh, you liked the coming book. down the stairs uh, when those guys come in with the. That's with not the a bottom. short sleeve. He's rolled that it is up. a long sleeve that, that he has rolled up. past yeah, his elbows up. up past his biceps. As he's getting ready, he pushes it. Up. I didn't see that. It's yeah. a long sleeve and it looks fucking sick. It's mm. bloody. It's such yeah. a good I thought look. you had a good eye on the shorts too. You liked his shorts. I like his pink one. Uh, you like the pink ones. Yeah. I don't mind the pink swimmers. Mm. I, I liked his grey suit with the blue, light, the pale blue shirt. Yes, I didn't mind that either. I thought that was mm. quite nice. When he gets dressed after... With Domino? Uh, no, no. Fiona Volpe. Oh, I yeah, think. she's wearing the blue. Yeah, and she's, yeah. And yes, she's got yes. the blue as well. Yeah, yeah. Um, I also really love the suit that he's wearing when he is when they're at the debriefing in that amazing oh, the yeah. double O hall. Mm. Yeah, that's just like the classic sort of suit. Classic Connery suit. Mm. I think he wears a suit like no one else. Hoobie. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> he's sweating um, he's so stylish in this when I saw him it's yes. like god damn it absolutely uh, how do I look like that is there a worst outfit of the week I mean uh, a, a contender would be you were in the toilet when this happened actually oh, mm. but Jake said we when Connery first gets in the uh, the little tidy whitey swim trunks yeah. with the red. Oh, well, that was what I was going to say. Is bad. Looks like he's wearing a nappy. <laughs> <laughs> that would get close to it. But Jake and I did say when you were in the toilet when he first got into it, we were like. Fuck, he still looks like a fucking man. You know what? He's selling the shit out of this. There's something about it where I'm like... It still yeah, works. Men could... If a man's a man, he'll get away with that. And it I takes think a Connery might man. get away with that. Roger Moore in that. Absolutely. Ooh, no, no way. way. No, no, no way. way. Yeah. Um, yeah. Hmm. I would say that the worst fucking... The binnet of the week is anything that Felix Leiter is wearing. <laughs> I agree with yeah, you. Yeah, second. With his knees up to his ears. Oh, gosh. sitting all squatting the oh, bloody front no. seat of that helicopter. He's a CIA oh. agent. He looks like some dorky he college kid. Yeah. He's like, he's like the uncle of MI6. Yeah. He's like yeah. the unmarried it's like uncle. uncle. Yeah. What's that, what's that, what's that oh, cartoon? He got his pilot's license. <laughs> this might be really vague, but what, what was that cartoon? With the worm flying the helicopter. Oh my At, god, uh, what the hell was yeah, that? Yeah, yeah, that's bloody um, Happy Town or with something. With the cat, yeah yeah yeah, 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 yeah. No, what's it? Yeah, in the apple. In the apple. The, the apple helicopter. All I saw when I saw him in the helicopter with his knees up around his ears was that little worm. <laughs> <laughs> Busy Town. Busy Town. Busy Town. Uh, Is it Busy Town with Mr. Fixit? Mi- Busy Town with Mr. Fixit. I think so. I think that then, might be yeah, it. Town of Animals. Yes. I used to love that oh, show. Oh, that was my shit. Yep, that was uh, my jam. Yeah. I had the books. More. That's very it. Felix. In my little helicopter. I was just picturing the theme song coming. On. Yeah. He's a dork. What a dork. He's a dork. He's not a CIA agent. Do we have a day player of the week? Oh, I my uh, nominee for yeah. it this week huh? would be the woman that uh, he gets up to dance, dance with. Yeah. Oh yeah, she was pretty good. Which yeah, I'm trying to remember. I think she's in Casino Royale. Oh really? Really? Yes. The fifty-six one or the no no, no? in the two thousand and six one. Oh, because there's one of the women at the poker table. The Asian woman is is from a previous Bond film, and I can't remember which one it is. And I'm fairly sure that the woman who Connery gets up to dance. And she's like, "You should have told me you were married." Yeah, your wife. Was <laughs> yeah, that your wife was here. <laughs> um. 
I'm fairly sure she plays a role in Casino Royale. You oh, have to fact check, check that yeah, one. But she's my day player of the week for yeah. me. It's just a little moment where I'm like, oh, mm. oh, what was that? What could have been? What could have been? Could yeah, have been? That was her lucky night. And then it, she's like, oh, pig. Oh, what a pig. <laughs> <laughs> Do you guys have a nominee? I don't uh, think so. Any contenders? I really like your n- nominee. I think your nominee is where I would go. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I want to give an honourable mention to the the drumming man that happened. Oh, in, in that the same, same sequence. Oh, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, That's impressive. He's pretty committed. Oh, we didn't bloody talk about the the henchman Vargo. He's oh, yeah. he doesn't have much to do, but he does make a, a bit of a look. He's got a good physical presence as far as henchmen go. Oh, he's, he's a bit bottom. Row. Yeah, he's he's, he's, he's nothing to write no, home about. No. He's got a really great death. He does have a good... Oh, iconic yeah. death. Yeah. I think you got the point. <laughs> Great line. Um, yeah, I just, you just sprung to mind because yeah. I was thinking... Uh, who else haven't we talked about? I don't know. I thought, those, I thought the henchmen had uh, an air about them, a memorable air about them, getting around in all black. And... It's something that we've seen done better in other films. Same idea that we've seen yeah. done better, I think. He felt like yeah. a henchman that wouldn't be out of place in the Craig era. Mm. Mm. In, the ter- in terms of there really aren't henchmen in the crowd. I don't, I don't think it's kind of void of character. Yes. I don't yeah. think we've seen a henchman done like this before this, though. Not in the series, not yet. But what makes him unique? Is it just his physicality? Um, Feels like they're alluding to something when Largo... He doesn't eat, doesn't kind drink. Kind of humiliates him in that he moment. Drinks, he goes, doesn't drink yeah, alcohol. He doesn't drink... He doesn't smoke. It reminds me of the Adam Ant song of Don't Drink, Don't Smoke. What, what do, do you do? do? Don't drink, don't smoke. <laughs> what do you do? Supper in you. Um, because he's alluding to the fact that he kills. Yeah, and he says he doesn't He doesn't uh, make love yes. either. So what do you do? So is he saying he's a eunuch? Mm. Or what is he saying? Like, I Is he saying know. that the only thing he takes pleasure in is killing? Is killing. Because that would be interesting to see that more fully developed. But we've already got uh, got Fiona Volpe, who I think does all the heavy lifting. Mm. I know she is technically on level pegging with Amelia Lago, but she mm. feels the henchman. She's more henchman. Yeah, like. definitely. Yeah, yeah. She um, does feel more head henchman. Yeah, Vargo, Var- or Vargas, whatever his name is, feels more a bit more like a, a heavy. Yeah, yeah. 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 Mm. Um, so our day player of the week is Dancing Lady yeah Dancing Queen Dancing absolutely queen. Oh, I second that yeah. for sure good, for her. good on her well it's time to get in your bloody ratings I'm going to go with you first oh Mr. god we're here well look I think when I was reverse ranking Connery's films a little earlier mm. oh I yes put, I put Doctor No at number two and From Russia at number one and Thunderball at number three oh. I think I'd put Thunderball at number two you should I th- think you might have done Thunderball 2 in the first one I think you went from Russia, Thunderbore, Doctor No. Oh, okay. Well, if that's the case, I yeah. stick to it. I think I think um, this is excellent, Connery. It's showing a side of, of James Bond and a dimension to Sean Connery's character that might not be my personal favourite, but I love it and appreciate it. I do like the silliness. I like everything that this film invented and pioneered. I think Connery's excellent in it. It ain't no From Russia With Love for me. No. But it is still really up there in terms of... The Bond films. The Bond films. It's high on the the list for me as being a really excellent film. It's not up there with with, um, uh, The Living Daylights. It doesn't quite touch 
Um, what are my other big ones? Uh, the Spy Who Loved Me, I really loved. Oh, I'd put it pretty close to The Spy Who Loved Me. I don't know. I'm just going to give it a ranking. Yeah. I'm going to give this one yeah. a shaken Ooh. nine. Oh, shaken nine. Very nice. Where do you sit, Mr. Spear? Well, let me start with Look, the... You always do these really good wrap-ups, and I feel like then I, I listen the way you do yours, and I go, oh, I didn't say all this stuff. So go on. Go on. All right. <laughs> <laughs> Make me look bad. I'm going to start with the, with the cons. All right. And I've already mentioned them, but just mm-hmm. to, to summarise, mm. there's, there's, there's three. I'll say there's three, but really there's only two. Because the third one is the continuity issue of the gun wound. And you'll forgive that. And I will forgive that. But it did irk me. Mm. The other two are actually quite major. The, and you can't get away with either of them today. The way they... Uh, Patricia Fearing's character. Yes. The way they handle her, in, or Connery handles her, uh, in the sauna in particular. Yeah. And uh, the sharks. And, and and the treatment of animals. The, the, the treatment of the animals. You mm. know, the, Even that, a turtle that gets its... Yeah. Oh, yeah, there's no way ridden. that turtle wants her to fucking... Yeah, yeah. so that was a little cringe, those moments. Um, outside of that, I think this is Connery's best performance. This is what you're looking for. This is absolutely what I'm looking for. When mm-hmm. I kind of go back to my 13-day, 24-point plan... That's um, right. Of, of we will dig that up one day and actually figure out what the <laughs> fuck you were on about that day. In terms of Bond himself, the villain, the women, the gadgets, the locations, the, the stunts, I was thrilled. Mm. Yeah. I was giddy through this. Mm. I was... Oh... This was like a 1960s version of that 90s sugar hit that I wanted. Oh, mm. yeah, okay. I love it. I love the humour and his wit. See, he's this. good at these. He's good at yeah. these wrap-ups. Uh-huh. Oh, I feel like I stretch him out a bit too long. <laughs> um, I admire your uh, it's a economy. No, that's yeah. just a, me not knowing what the hell to say and I panic. <laughs> <laughs> it's not economy. One of the best villains, one of the best Bond girls, definitely the best Connery is, for mm. sure. Mm. Best Q scene. Mm-hmm. Yes, um, definitely. Incredible stunts. Beautiful locations. Stunning. Bond women. Bond women. I'll say it again. Bond women. Um, it bears repeating. It, be- it definitely bears repeating. Um, despite, despite its problems, I enjoyed this. This is more up my alley, and I enjoyed this more than From Russia With Love. Therefore, it is a shaken ten. Wow. Hmm. Yeah, it's very interesting. Brandon, I don't enjoy the pre-title sequence to this film. Yes, because it's it, do- it doesn't it doesn't work with this film. Poo-poo. Um, mm. I think attached to a diamonds are forever, it might work, mm. or a Goldfinger, it might work. Hmm. <laughs> But um, there's so much about this film that I love. Uh, it's like a comfy old pair of slippers for me. This one. Mm. This is one of the good time 
Sunday sunny afternoon Bond films for me. Mm-hmm. I know I'm going to have a good time once I get past the title sequence. Oh, yeah, yeah. This let Tom Jones wash that away. As soon as Tom Jones starts belting out that fucking banger of a Bond, oh, theme, we're yeah. on, baby. I'm there. Yeah, um, Domino melts me. <laughs> knocks me down. It knocks me down. Oh, oh! good setup. Oh! Yeah. Uh, number two, he ain't shit. Oh, oh. Good. it's not as good. But, uh, it's all right. Um, look, I love so much about this. I can't give it a perfect score so because of the pre-title. Because the pre-title of sequence. The because Patricia fearing. Patricia fearing. I feel the same. Funnily way. enough, that's why it's a nine. I agree with you on the treatment of the animals, but it's that actually weirdly. Funnily d- enough. It would d- no, no, no. Funnily <laughs> enough, I mean that as a... Here's one for you. Are you a fucking... <laughs> no, no, it's funny because that wasn't in my head going, oh, yeah, I should knock that down a point for that. Yeah. Mm. Um, but the more we talk about it, I'm like, yeah, it's bad. It is bad. Mm. That one feels like a product of the times, though, as well. Yeah. Um, look, I love it. It's not perfect, so I, I have to give it a shaken... Fuck! Damn it! A shake of nine. Were you 8.5 reaching then? No, he wanted to give it a 10. I wanted to give it a 10. Oh. Mm. Mm. Look, I struggled. I struggled to give that a 10 in a way. I don't think it's an authentic 10. For me, it is. It is because Mm. if I'm going off, I think the Bond films have to be judged on their... (laughs) If I was rating these, this this is my thing. It's not a 10 out of 10 film. It's a 10 out of 10 Bond film. No, it's a 9 out of 10. Uh, or you, but you know what I mean? <laughs> oh, yeah, like, yeah, yeah. It's then none of these original 20, for me, are the greatest films ever made. No. Oh, I but think in terms of their, their... They do stand up. They're very good. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, but they're not The Godfather. Yeah, you within know the what canon. I mean? We're ranking within the, the canon. Within the canon. Yeah. Yeah. 10, for sure, from for Russia With Love. Yeah. Um... Yeah, there's just an element of Thunderball that is slightly missing, and only by a little bit, because if I could give this by percentages, it's 9.99. It is that shrubland stuff with Patricia Fearing that that rubs me the wrong way quite a bit. It does. And I was very hard on Goldfinger for for that that same reason. Yes. And I feel like I'd be a hypocrite if if I didn't... Have that. Don't you I'm be not pointing your finger. That wasn't me. He was Dabby talking to Darling. I was not accusing. I was not accusing. And I was, oh, nor was I insinuating. It's tough. Oh, See, if I'm a... going to put on a Connery film, the first Connery film I put on is this. No, from Russia. You're nah. crazy. No, nah. this is so much fun. But ugh, Patricia is yes, problematic. I know what you mean. And it does make me feel uncomfortable. And yeah. maybe even. More so than Goldfinger. So we're we saying anyone who gives this a 10 no, is no. potentially misogynist. No, my <laughs> Damn it. I would say this. I know we've given our ratings, but I do want to talk about it because you brought it up. Yep. I, I think this one is actually less problem. They're still both problematic, but I think this is less problematic than Goldfinger. Yeah. Because he is physically very forceful with Pussy Galore in and that And she's barn, saying no. And she's fighting against him. Yeah. There is an element with this in Thunderball which I think they're trying to communicate is that she's a bit into him and he's just being very forward. Mm. Um, but it doesn't like, It's right. not like he pushes her into the shower and then closes and locks the door behind her. It's, mm. it's very like, 
you know, the first kiss is a bit like, Mr. Bond, behave yourself. It's, I, I, you can see that they're trying to be like, no, oh, she, she does want it, which is not okay. It's yeah, not okay. Yeah. But I think the one in, in Goldfinger is completely inexcusable. Yeah. That Goldfinger one is just like, God, what are you doing? Yeah. What are you doing? I had too much fun. It's a 10. It's Clearly. a 10. All right. Going 10 back for two more. nines. I can't wait to see it again. I am shocked, High Darby, score. I must say, that you gave that a nine. Why? No. I was feeling seven. No. I was feeling seven. Look, you were so hard on it. I was, think, <laughs> I was thinking eight. No, I wasn't hard on it. You were pretty I rough. Was, I just talked about some deep things. You slept it around like con- Patricia Fielding. I was conscious, I was conscious to say, this is still a great... Yes, it, no, definitely. But just in terms the, of... The skew. From where it would sit yeah. compared well, to... Well, I think the big leaning thing for Russia. me was I was kind of looking at these covers. They do so much for us, these VHS cases. Uh, yeah. Having them there, having them there. I was looking at the great. Dr. No cover and I was looking at the Thunderball cover because I wanted to give this one an 8 yeah. and I caught sight of my rankings and I saw that I gave Dr. No an 8 uh, and course, I thought yeah. well this is better this is better and it is better by one point huh. and then I, I think about the misgivings and I go yeah as you said I'm, as Brandon says and as you said the pre-title sequence you know the treatment of animals the treatment of women they let me down they let me down one point yes. yep. out of what is otherwise a really Excellent film. And I would say, of the other nines that I've given, they're The Spy Who Loved Me and Goldeneye. And I enjoy this as much as I do The Spy Who Loved Me and Goldeneye. Mm. Well, there you go. So I think our rating system's pretty good. I think it's said needs some work. Now, gentlemen, <laughs> we don't have a coin to flip here. Oh, yeah. Oh, but oh, what? I'm going to do something here because I've seen these films. All right. We are going to do a hat draw. We've got oh. two names left. Oh, my and goodness. And they are. But oh. I oh. want... One of you mm-hmm. to roll the die. Who wants to roll the die? Uh, you reached for it, Mr. You Deck. Did. You Mr. Did. Deck, I want you to roll it yep. and read out what number comes out. I need to know what I'm playing for. Oh, what's going on? Everything. Yeah, everything. It's all or nothing. Bloody no country for old men here a little bit. <laughs> Call it. Call it. <laughs> We've got to know what we're putting up. All right. Five. It's a five. Yeah. So Where's you will coming? be... Where is he meant to get on You'll the be odd. You'll be even. All right. Oh yeah. Okay. Mr. Spear, pick a name from the hat. (gasps) I didn't think I'd be seeing this hat again. I thought we were done with the Stetson. This decides our next two films. What do you mean? There's only two left. You wouldn't believe. You wouldn't believe. Determines the order. Oh yeah. The film that I pulled out. Mr. Spear, I believe you have drawn a view to a kill, and you've drawn for your eyes only. Swip it, swap it. Oh, for the third time in a row, I have for your eyes only. Well. You've drawn A View to a Kill, a Mr. View to a Deck. Kill. Well, if it's an odd number, we'll be watching A View to a Kill. If it's an even, for your I want to end. Eyes I only. want to end on For Your Eyes Only. I do not want to end on this. I kind of want to end on <laughs> <you> to, <kill. laughs> to be honest, I'd be happy either way. Ladies oh, and gentlemen, here it is. for the final two episodes of the original saga, here comes the fucking roll. Oh, even. We will even. be watching, ladies and gentlemen... <laughs> 1981s for your eyes only. Wow. Which means that we devised this fucking system so that we wouldn't end on two mores and so we wouldn't end on a view view to a kill. And look what has happened. We've bloody done it. 
Uh, we've willed it into existence. The same as Die Another Day being episode 007 I on know. your birthday. No, 006, thank God. Oh, 006. But it was, on, but it was on my birthday. This was fated. Unforgivable. Well, I'm looking forward to next week's episode of Your Eyes Only, gentlemen. See you then.